interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 67 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. As always, I've got my amazing co-host here with me. Rob, introduce Hello, yourself. Hello, comics fans. How you doing? We're in for another special episode today, and I hope you're excited. Oh my god. You're so excited <laughs> you cut me off for a second. Um, no, good to have you. Uh, and Josh, how you doing? Not too bad. Hey there, humans. Today on the show, we will be covering Wonder Woman 781, Action Comics 1036, I Am Batman, number three, Black Manta, number three, Justice League Last Ride, number seven, the final issue... Robin and Batman, number one, Joker, number nine, Robins, number two, and Titans United, number three. Uh, and, of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, The Biggest Stinker, and to find out which titles might just make... ...the dump list. But before we get going with the show, I just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who help out with a dollar or more a month, and thank you listeners too. Like, download... And share our episodes so we get more listeners and can bring you more content. You can get access to our Patreon and the rest of the Not A Robot Podcast shows at notarobotpodcasts.com. But with that out of the way, let's get into some news. Guys, what's going on with you this week? I, I, I've been, it's been bugging me all day. I've got this really long eyebrow hair. I know uh, this is weird. Gross. <laughs> and I don't know. I wasn't there yesterday. But all day, it's been in my vision, in my left eye. And on the way home, I realized, it feels like I have hair again. It's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's really fucking annoying. And I don't know why it's there or how or, like, when it showed up. It was just there this morning. I don't know. Cut it. I need to. I haven't had a chance today, <laughs> but fuck. So That's weird. what I would do. <laughs> um, not much is going on with me. Not personally, anyways. Got some doctor stuff going on, but uh, we're here for a good time. We ain't going to get into all that. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of news that I saw, though. Like, a bunch. A lot of it about the TV, about TV shows. But there was a lot of comic news that I saw out there today. Um, Or over the past few days, anyway. Mm-hmm. Bef- before we get into anything, though, let me make a very quick flip over to Marvel. I just saw yesterday the variant cover for Devil's Reign, the Daredevil crossover. And holy shit, Marvel finally gave Spider-Woman a decent costume. Oh, what is this? I am shocked. I haven't seen this cover, so... It's a a, uh, variant cover for Devil's Reign. Uh And it's it's got a pretty wicked-looking Spider-Woman costume on there, as opposed to the things that she's had before, where it's, I mean, it's basically just a Lycra suit. Let's see what what Google has to say. Looking for this now. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, very uh, very um, Punisher inspired costume. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the feeling yeah. that I was getting too. I, that's a little intense. I thought it kind of looked cool. That's, that's a little intense. It feels like something <laughs> very '90s inspired. That's a lot of pouches. Oh wow. It. It does. It does feel kind of '90s expired or inspired. I'll get, I'll give you well, that. Well, expired, that might be interchangeable yeah, yeah, with the '90s. Exactly, I was say. <laughs> but I mean, one of the big, huge things that surrounds Spider Woman, and it's been going on for 
hell, at least 10 years, is the fact that almost no one can draw her without drawing her excessively suggestively. (laughs) And I think it's going to be kind of difficult to do that now. Oh, no. I mean, (laughs) trust me, you give give someone the task and they will do it. What's what's the old saying? Where there's a will, there's a way. Right, and And there's wills everywhere. Yeah, and in this case, I, (laughs) I think as long as you can just conceive of it, it will be there. Um, I suppose at yeah, Rule Thirty Four. Right? Yeah, That's it. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that, go ahead. Oh no, I, I didn't have anything else to say. Uh, all right. Well, there there was a couple of other things outside of the TV universe that I wanted to touch on. Um, first, ooh, I'm hit. I'm hearing a bit of an echo, guys. But uh, first, I uh, I want to talk about Bob Wycheck. At least I think that's how you say his last name. It's how I've Artist? always pronounced it. Yes. Like on X-Men? Um, yeah. yeah. For Well, he's been a longtime artist for both DC and Marvel. And unfortunately, I found out uh, he had to start a GoFundMe page. Oh, And that's shame. not that, that. Yeah, it's not for a creation of a book. That's Kickstarter. GoFundMe is, you know, for help. And the man has developed glaucoma. He can't afford his medical bills. He can't afford his taxes. And he can't work if he can't see. And I think all of us know how great Comic Creator's health insurance is. So, I mean, anybody out there listening, if you've got a dollar or a few bucks or anything to spare, help him out. It's called the Bob Wycheck Glaucoma Relief Fund, and I'm sure a quick Google will take you there. Uh, hate to see good talent have that happen to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, my my, and, my news was also, like, kind of a fundraiser, but it is not for that series. Now I feel like a fucking asshole, because mine is, like, <laughs> very silly. It's it's just, it's for, um, the, uh, there was a series that was announced last, well, it's not really a series, it's a, a project that was announced last year from Matt Kent, Jeff Lemire, and David Ruby, and we're all incredibly talented, called Cosmic very. Detective, that was basically, like, a, a very Kirby-inspired detective noir story set in a, in a Kirby landscape and um, the Kickstarter cool. expired um, and a lot of people, myself included, were kind of like, oh, shit, like I wish I'd gotten the chance to, you know, donate to it because it, it just looks super cool. Um, and they already have the digital file completed. They're sending it out now and I, I didn't get a chance to, to add to it, but they have opened up a new, I guess like a, a, a new version on... Um, on backer kit which is a site i'd never heard of in my life but apparently they opened it up yeah apparently they opened it up again and for uh, a measly 10 bucks you can get a digital file i believe by the end of this week of the entire 192 page graphic novel so i was super excited about that shut up for 10 bucks i was i was like oh yes finally because i'd been wanting to oh hell yeah read this for like a year um but it was closed and it seemed like they weren't going to reissue it but I think fans were like really excited, so they opened it up again. But I, I would say if you have money, probably no, definitely give it to the Bob Wycheck Fund. That's a lot more important than than this this comic. But I, I just heard that I was like, oh shit! Now I don't want to mention this. Mention the <laughs> All right, fundraiser. New rule: make Josh go last. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's try and spin it over to a couple of other things, and I, uh, I have, do- I have donated to uh, Bob Wycheck, and I will. Where, where, where is that located at the 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 Kickstarter you mentioned? Uh, well, the it, not yeah, Kickstarter. Uh, I, I can send you the link in our Slack, but it, it is if you go to David Rubin's Instagram page, he has like a post about it. But 
you can go to a site called Backerkit. The link is in his bio, and it basically Backerkit. Yeah, it'll give you it'll give you two options. You can get the ten dollar digital version or the um, the other uh, physical version because I don't I don't know. They're saying that they're sending out physical copies and they're not going to re-release them. I call BS on that. Um, they, that that would be something. Yeah, man. well, Holy it's cow. just like they always say that in like these campaigns, and then you know a year or two later they're like, "Oh, Dark Horse is putting out their own version." And you're like, "Why am I not surprised?" Yeah, because I, yeah. I remember um, James Tynan was saying the same thing about razor blades, and then I saw oh. on <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw yeah. on Instagram like the other day. I was just like, "Well, you know, it's a good thing I got the digital copies when I did because they're probably not going to reissue them." And then the other day on Instagram, I see Image Comics reprinting the entire five issues of Razor Blades in print yep. next year. And I'm like, of fucking course. Yeah. Not right. surprised. Yep. Of course. Any, Not any way you surprised can, at yeah, all. Any way you can reissue it and make some money. Like, and, I mean, I don't, want to, I don't want it to make it sound like they're only concerned about money. They, they probably know that like, a lot of this content's really good and people just want to have access to it. But anyway, um, I, I'll, I'll stop talking about that. I'd say... The Bob Wycheck thing. More important. But if you are interested in a really cool project from Matt Kent, Jeff Lemire, and David Ravine, I'd definitely say check it out. Um, and and how, how could you not be interested? Yeah, it's, it's Especially cool. in a Kirby landscape. That sounds, I, yeah, that sounds I can, really cool, I can, man. I mean, you can look it up right now, I, or I can send you some of the pictures, but like the layouts that David Ravine has put, like there's just so much love and care put into it. And he's, he's such a, a fan of like that whole Kirby aesthetic with the, you know, big blocky figures and crazy mm-hmm. sci-fi landscapes. And it's, it's definitely just like a passion project. Like this is not, you know, some slapdash thing. So uh, it's, it's definitely really cool. Um, okay. I, I'm going to make one more announcement. I'm going to shut up because I do this every time. And I said I was going to stop, but you had to know that I was lying because all I do is lie. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, I, said, oh, I, said, I said I was going to ta- stop trying to sound like I was a freaking advertiser for Comixology. But I, I can't help myself because it seems like every time I'm like, okay, this is the last time there's something new. But I already mentioned the all-nighter, and I think I already mentioned the best jacket stuff. But for anyone who's been following it, We Have Demons number two came out this week, um, which means if you've been following the schedule, you know that next week and the following week, I'm probably going to be back pimping out the, the other two books that are coming out this week. So you, you'll, <laughs> never, you'll never get the end of it, but... Um, yeah, we have Demons number two is out from Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, um, uh, jo- Jonathan Glapian, Epsio Placencia, like that whole team, basically the Court of Owls team coming together and doing their very Spawn inspired, um, almost like BPRD style thing. And it's a lot of fun. It's it's like an oversized issue, so it's like 38 pages, but it's just a lot of craziness and, and, and a lot of fun. And I would definitely recommend checking it out if you want to buy a copy for yourself or if you have um amazon prime or comiXology unlimited or either one you can get the copies for free and i'll definitely check it out and of course again this is why i sound like a like i'm a hack or something like i'm shilling for them but i'm not i promise but it's just it's a but we would be more than we, happy we, to have comiXology I mean, as a sponsor i totally <laughs> would but like i feel like such a shill doing that every time and i hate myself for it but um no they just they just have a lot of really good stuff and i'm, I'm always going to be like I don't know, giving them that credit. Um, so, again, even if you don't want to read all of the best jacket books from Snyder and, and company, there's, of course, Man. Snow <laughs> Angels from Jeff Lemire and Jock, which is incredible. 
There's um, anything with Jock's art yes, in it, it is, is going to be. I mean, incredible. this is like yeah. again, it's it's a perfect fit for Jock. It's like this, you know, snowy trench setting. It's it's great. It's it's basically like um, snow themed horror, if you will, um, which is Hell super yeah. cool. Right. And then witches in the winter time. Yeah, exactly. Like it. we're we're getting close <laughs> to winter. It's perfect. You can uh, you can make yourself scared to go outside if it's snowing where you are. Um, I mean, Snyder's just been pumping the stuff out. I've been, I've been reading Clear. I've been reading We Have Demons. Oh, clear, Clear. I uh, think is prob- Clear or Night of the Ghoul. I think are probably my favorites. Like We Have Demons is a lot see, of fun, but Clear. I read that and I was like, oh, this is it. This I, is what I need. I, I haven't read um, Night of the Ghoul yeah. yet. Oh yeah, Night of the Ghoul. But is there's great. there's so many Snyder projects, man. Canary, Book of Evil. Have you heard about this Dudley Dotson yes, shit? That I'm is, just looking at the that, that well those because I guess it's like. And this is why I'm I'm just I'm blown away by you know how much they actually have or will have because I mean you have to know that most of these projects were in the can you know for at least a couple of years I I know for a fact that Night of the Ghoul had been basically in the works since I think 2019 because I remember he'd been teasing it for like a long ass time before I left Twitter um, so all this stuff is like been in the works and now it's just it's coming out all at once but. Um, yeah, no, we are, we are I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. We are, we are kind of like in phase one. I said I was going to stop talking about it, but again, you should have known that I was lying. Um, but no, we're, we're in phase one. And then I guess around spring of next year will be phase two when, um, like you mentioned, Canary, Dudley Datsun, Duck and Cover, and um, crap. Barnstormers? Yes, Barnstormers with. Tula Lote, that was the one I was thinking of. All of those will be coming out yeah. next year in spring. Um, and like all of those look so great, especially Canary, which is like Dan Panosian on a Western book, which is like a genius fucking idea. Can't believe he's never done that before. Um, so yeah, it's I, I'm really eager to see what it looks like. Yeah, well, if you if you go to um, Amazon and you look up, they put out like a like a best jacket press kit that you can get for free. And it'll give you like a like a two I think or three page preview, excuse me, of Canary. Um, uh, can anybody guess what I'm doing right after yeah, the podcast? Yeah, no, I, I I came out like um, uh, like last week I think or two weeks ago, and I saw that and I was like, all right, I want I want to see if we get any previews, and I read it and I was like, yes, I cannot wait. Like it's, whew. um, but no, I, I mean, there's just it's it's exactly like you said. There's just so many really good books from from Snyder and all of these artists um, that are just so amazing and um, my hope is that you know when they come to print next year at Dark Horse they're going to really take advantage of some of the new formats and try and do some some new things especially I think with Clear because Clear I think is a book that um, it's going to look one way digitally but it's definitely going to look another way in print which I think is going to be really cool because you can kind of adjust it in certain ways and Selfishly, I want them to yeah. put it in the um, like the black label format where you can just blow it up on these giant books. And I'm like, oh, I would, I would just love yes. to have that so I could just look at it forever. Um, but yeah, okay. I'm, I'm done there. Basically, all you need to know, <laughs> uh, there's some really good originals coming out from Comixology. I already mentioned the All-Nighter. That's a new one. And uh, I want to say there's one called Astonishing Times or Astonishing Tales from... Frank Barbier and um, of course our, our beloved fellow comic YouTuber Eris Quinones from uh, Variant Comics. So yeah, definitely, definitely check them out. Um, okay, I'll stop shilling now. I promise, but I won't. <laughs> I'll be back next week. 
with more comicsology with more, hustling. Yes, yeah, with more hustle. The hustle and hustle. If I was getting paid for um, this, I would tell you, I swear, but I'm not. I just really like it. <laughs> It's just there's a lot of good stuff out yeah. there, and that's our job is to let you know what is good. Yeah, well, it's, I don't know. It's it, it can be almost overwhelming sometimes where it's just there's so many like amazing and fantastic comics to read, and you don't even really know where to start. So this is just one place we're kind of giving you that you can find some really cool stuff. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So I got two other pieces of comic news, and then I, I'm almost positive Rob knows at least some of this TV stuff that I found. But, uh, and I, I don't know that if this was something that you you guys have already known, but apparently JLD, after Ram, after Ram V gets done with it, they will be coming back to be in the Flash book. Hmm. Oh, really? Is it a, a backup or just a, like a cameo? Th- that, that has not been specified yet, but I, if it's saying it's coming back to be in the Flash book, I couldn't see how they would make JLD work as a backup yeah totally in that doesn't flash work at all <laughs> like yeah. yeah so jl it has to be in issue that's that's the only thing that i can think yeah of. that's probably like a, a cameo because I, I know they are on like one of the covers of an upcoming issue but um yeah if they yeah. if they put it as a backup that would just be weird i wouldn't mind but it, tonally it's like night and day you know agreed uh uh, oh, and I don't know if you guys have seen the previews, but Batman 118 looks fantastic. We got a new villain called Ab- Abyss. Oh, yes. and I yeah, kn- the pencils from Jorge Molina. Oh, yes. oh, my God. Oh, my so God. <laughs> and I totally get the feeling that Tynan had absolutely nothing to do with the naming of this new villain, Abyss, no. or else it would have been called Deep Dark Place Person. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if any of you guys watch One Punch Man, but the first thing I saw... Or the first thing I thought of um, when I saw this design was like, oh my god, this is literally the most anime design character for a villain I've ever seen. Like, he literally has the That's double-ended scythe and, like, the cloak yep. and the mask, and he looks like, um, from, because I'm, I'm, I've started reading One Punch Man recently, the manga, and one of the characters is called Speed of Sound Sonic, and he literally looks exactly oh. like that, but without the mask, and I was like, oh my god. I, I kind of love it, but I was just Uh-oh. like, I was just like, it is, I mean, it, it's not blatant plagiarism, but it, it is just like so close to like that kind of anime design that I, I, I kind of love it. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. And then uh, last but not least, not that Marvel and DC really has to worry about it, but uh, Diamond Distributors has made the news again. Oh, yeah. Their web their website has been down, and that's because they got hit with a ransomware attack. Their processing and ordering is screwed up right now. So uh, my uh, heart goes out to anybody that is waiting on issues from them, because that's gotta suck. People need to stop doing that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's it for comic news, though. Um. I saw an ad for TV's Flash Armageddon. Oh, yes. Wow, they're really pulling out all the stops for that one, aren't, aren't they? They're bringing back people from shows that have been canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will do whatever it takes to say, hey, look, we're still relevant. I guess so. Yeah. Batman, Mia Smoke, who is supposed to be the new Green Arrow that was a spinoff of Arrow that was so bad it didn't get picked up. Which I was, I was so unceremoniously canceled. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> I never even watched the pilot. Yeah. 
Um, I don't even know if one was actually released. I didn't know. It, uh, it was kind of a backdoor. It was kind of it was tied into the last season of Arrow. Oh, I mean, I did I did see that part, okay, but yeah, yeah, they had a pilot that went to the networks and uh, did not do very well. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Black Lightning, Ray Palmer, the Atom, plus Ryan Choi. Yes, which uh, the Sentinel, Reverse Flash, and Despero. Do you want a spoiler for Ryan Choi? I mean, I don't care. I'm probably not going to watch it, okay, but other people enough. out there would. Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Jump ahead of 30 seconds. Mm. There are images of Ryan Choi in an atom suit, and it's very comics accurate. Ooh, it, cool. It's about damn time. Right? No offense to Brandon Ruth. I think he did fantastic yeah. in Superman Returns, but his part as part of the CWDC universe has just been comical oh yeah and i you know again nothing against his acting or anything but just the role he was put in and the the ray palmer that we got from the cw was just despicable two completely different ones too between legends and arrow (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um what else oh the the second season of superman and lois is releasing january 11th And so is Naomi, which is going to follow it right afterwards. So I'll end up watching that. But that means Flash bumps to Wednesdays and bumping happened to Arrow 2. So maybe Flash just might be on its way out soon. There's been rumblings about that for a while. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last one. All right. So I've got a question for both of you. But before I ask... Uh, Rob, do you got anything to bring up? No, I was just kind of tricked out by my own mind and nostalgia for 90s fan base and comics from a headline <laughs> that I only saw half a word and it, I, I don't even think I want to bring it up. It's so gross. Uh, now you have to. Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> yeah. um, I just Google headline showed popped up on my phone but stopped halfway and it said... Uh, um, James Gunn clarifies Star Lord's cell, uh, Star Lord's cell, C E L, and then it cut off. And the first so? thing that popped on my head, my '90s comic geek came out, and I was like, "The Star Lord celibacy, yeah, like, yeah. Wouldn't does he is he really a virgin if he's only slept with aliens? Like, yeah, because that's, that's <laughs> totally. I watched way too much of Mallrats." Ugh. Yes, you did. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually talking well, about his celestial status, but that I, I channeled my inner Brody. Oh, nice. yeah. sweet! His inner Brody, <laughs> I love it. All right, so I want to know what you guys think, um, and you probably will be able to pick up exactly where it is that I'm going with. But HBO Max made a killing off of Snyder's release the justice league right Mm -hmm. they just for that movie they had something like an additional 15 million downloads of the app itself so they made a shit ton of money off of it um there were there's another movie that's out there that got a lot of shit and there were all kinds of rumors about studio interference while it was in production it definitely got the wb screw your story treatment um, there was recently a script leak on Twitter and it was cool. 
and confirmed. The script is a whole lot darker and it has a whole lot more Joker and a romance between Harley and Deadshot. There's been a few pictures showing stuff too. But what do you, what do you guys think about the air cut of Suicide Squad? I think it's never going to happen. We were lucky enough to get the Snyder cut. <laughs> I if I I'm interested in the air cut. I've seen so many movies in the past that have been dubbed horrible or bad or just not the greatest and then director's cuts have come out and it's been so much better so i'm i'm definitely interested in the idea of the air cut releasing despite the fact that i think it's never going to happen yeah i'm just i'm tired of hearing about people who have been hired to do a movie that they proposed the studio accepted and then after everything is starting to roll they're like well no we don't like that no we don't like that ah, you got to keep it to 120 minutes okay. that kind of shit just i mean we're talking uh the donner cut uh a blade runner the final cut all of those all of every single director's cut i can think of right now has resulted sometimes in a slightly different film but Every time a better one. Yep. And, you know, I mean, when I watched Suicide Squad, when I was getting in, getting into Suicide Squad, not Guns, The Suicide Squad, but the first one, I, I was watching it the whole time, and it felt kind of disconnected, and I sat there watching it the whole time, enjoying it as a popcorn movie, but at the same time thinking this could have been so much better just like with Justice League. And I, I don't know, man. I just, I, I feel like, you know, Ayers, Ayers is a talented director. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know, man. I want to see it. I, I really want to see it. Fingers crossed. There's a hell of a movement going on social media for release the air, air cut now. But um, like Rob said, it's probably not going to happen. But I, I want to. Like WB is aware you got, of it, but they they've gone on record saying it's not going to happen. But well, yeah, but they said that we'll the see. Snyder cut wasn't going to happen either. Yeah, and then they ended up dumping an additional seventy million into it to have it all finished. Mm-hmm. Now Ayer says it would not require any additional money. The whole movie is shot. They just have to put it together. Oh well, there you go. WB, what are you doing? We know what you're doing. Nothing good. Nothing good. We're focusing on the future. But the problem is, WB, you don't have the slightest idea what that future is. Mm -hmm. You keep changing everything. Uh, Okay, before I go on too hard of a rant, maybe we should move on to the comics. But what what do you think, Brandon? Was that? About uh, (laughs) the Ayer cut. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent towards it. I, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really enjoy Suicide Squad all that much. Um, and, um, I mean, I, I, I hope that if it were to come about, it could, you know, give people that closure that they want. Um, but I, as for me, I, I, don't, I don't know that I have any kind of rush to be like, oh, yeah, like, totally, let's get on it. I'm kind of just like, eh, you know, if it's out and, and maybe there's some interesting discourse about it, I, I might check it out, but... Um... There's a bit of a leaked... There's a bit of the leaked script from the original vision, I suppose you would say, that that is out there. You just got to find it. And Ayer confirmed that it is 
actually part of the script. So there, in my personal opinion, I have a feeling maybe Ayer leaked it himself. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's certainly possible. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just, I, I was, I, I, like, I kind of felt the same way about the Snyder Cut, too. I was just, I was, like, kind of ambivalent towards it. I actually saw Justice League twice. Um, and, and I, the first one or the second one? Uh, the first one, and that was not a good not a good decision um because yeah. it, it was literally just well it was like i i went to see it once because um you know my mom was like oh let's see justice league you like superheroes and i was like all right sure why not and then i saw it and i was like "Ooh, i want to watch this again and then i had a friend who hadn't seen it yet and he was like dude we gotta watch it and i was like i really don't want to though and he's like oh no come on it'll be fun so i ended up watching it twice like oh. within the same week and it was just like, ooh, this is this is tough. Um, I got you a little beat there. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> when the Snyder Cut came up, we we know it's a four hour long movie, right? Yeah. No, I I remember. So <laughs> I I watched it. I watched it at night. I uh, and uh, got up the following morning and told my kids about you know the about what I just watched and uh, they were like, well, can can we watch it? I'm like, uh, yeah, you can watch it. The first part might be a little scary for you. But, um, yeah, if you want to, we can sit down and watch it. So we did. I sat down there for another four hours and watched it again the very next morning. And as my wife was walking through, she stopped, Holly. She stopped and uh, watched it for about 10 minutes and then walked on. So I was like, oh, she's not interested. Um, Well... A few hours after I finished watching that with the kids, she asked me if I would mind watching it with her tonight, that night, because it looked like it was really good. So I saw within two days, (laughs) I watched a four hour movie three times. Jesus. Which is (laughs) the only time I would ever do that if it was Lord of the Rings, if it was, you know, Return of the King or something. Yeah, but if you're gonna do that, you may as well watch Justice League and watch something good. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rob hates Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh my god, I don't, I don't <laughs> hate Lord of the Rings. We can't, we can't get. I just into think this Star now, Wars but... is so much better. All right, no, I, I, I'm not gonna get into this with you now because we have a show to do. But rest assured, this argument is not done. Yeah, that could be a show all to itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, I, I did end up watching the Snyder Cut, like, I think a month after it came out. Because um, a friend and I were just like, all right, let's just fucking sit down and watch this. It's like four hours. Let's just see if we can get through it. And we took two days to watch it because we started at, like, Whoa. 10 o'clock or something. We got halfway through. I was like, I'm tired. I need to sleep. So we stopped halfway through and then picked it up the next day. Um, and it was it was long and it was a lot. <laughs> and that's all. It sounds like you weren't impressed. Uh, well, I don't want to say I was entirely unimpressed, but it w- it was more like because I, I I will give it the credit that it was certainly a lot more cohesive than the first one. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was uh, yeah, it was it, it, we we can do another uh, another show on that too if you want. It was it was <laughs> for sure. It was it was a lot. It was a lot to unpack. All right, since we're on that subject, I know I said let's get on to the comics, but since this on the subject, I was sitting here thinking about this here just the other day about the studio interference and stuff after I saw that about air. 
And I can't help, in my head anyway, to parallel what the studios are doing with mostly DC properties uh, and and paralleling that to the Comics Code Authority and how they put their finger on what was allowed and what couldn't and how long a comic book was supposed to be and all, all, all of that nonsense. And I just, I mean, is there anybody out there left that still thinks the CCA was a good idea? And if not, maybe WB ought to pay attention to that. Well, I actually, that's, that's I heard an I'm... interesting take recently. I got I got to find whether it was an article or something like that, um, which was, and, and I don't know that I necessarily agree, but it was basically that with the advent of the CCA, because um, I because I, I love that period of history where it was like you, know, you had a lot of almost really kind of revolutionary stuff pre-code before everything comes out. But I heard an interesting take that was basically like, um, with the code, a lot of companies were forced to pivot, which in some ways resulted in a lot more creative experimentation on what they could and could not do, especially in the underground scene. And then, you know, as they got to the 70s, it was almost like a tap dance of like, okay, we can push it, we can push it, we can push it. Let's just see how far we can push it until they say no. And then, you know, we'll just kind of see what happens there. Um, and then I know... There, there was a lot of pushing, I know they, but I, know I feel relaxed, like there was even more subtlety. Yeah, I know they relaxed it around, I want to say like 71 or 72 or 73. After Marvel did the um, the Spider-Man drug issues with Harry tripping his ass off on LSD or whatever it was. Obviously, I couldn't, I couldn't like explicitly say it, but like the implication is there. I think he was like taking pills or something, but obviously, they're talking about like hallucinogen, that sort of thing. Um, right. And then, you know, obviously, by the 1980s, everyone was just like, all right, we're kind of done. But it is surprising to me how long a lot of publishers actually put the, the code label um, on their books, you know, for well into it. At, at least, I think in DC's case until like 2010 or something. It was pretty recent. Um, but yeah, it's like at, at that point, at that point yeah. it had been entirely stripped of meaning because obviously no one cared. Like this is a company that had at that point published the death of Superman, Watchmen and plenty of other books featuring grotesque amounts of violence. But mm-hmm. um, it, it is, it is surprising to me. It is actually a little sweet because I, I think I read somewhere where it was like, they were still sending it in to like this little old lady who was like giving her a little stamp on it and then sending it back to them. I was like, oh, that's, I mean, a terrible code, but like there's something kind of sweet about that where they're just like (laughs) keeping this this poor woman employed after God knows how long (laughs) just to give her a little stamp of approval, even though at that point she's probably like so checked out of, you know, what they're actually putting in these books that it doesn't even matter. Um Right. But yeah, there's... yeah. It wasn't just violence that they censored. They 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 censored a whole mm-hmm. bunch of shit that they just were never allowed to address inside the comic books. But I you you're you are very right. They did learn how to tap dance it around it with subtlety and um slight differences and and and, and still kind of get the, the, the meaning or what they were trying to say across without without violating that. So, I mean, yeah, it did, it did provoke them to be more creative. I still think that, I mean, I'm just, I'm very, very much a anti-censorship on art kind of guy in any way, shape or form. 
And I mean, I guess I just sitting there thinking about what Ayer had to say the other day, I just started rolling that around in my head more. And it just, I mean, movies or not, it still feels that same way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it is still kind of weird to me that there are a lot of like, um, I don't know, regulations in place that, that still like kind of, um, rate stuff and, and have like, you know, these kinds of rules and dictations on what you can and can't do, um, which is, is, yeah, to me, it's, it's still, it's still kind of bizarre. Cause like, I mean, you'll look at, you know, movies from like the thirties or something and it'll say like pre-code movie. And you're like, what, what does that mean? I don't even, what the hell is, what is that talking about? And then you realize like, oh my God, there's still, you know, organizations in place that, that like rate these things and, and, still have rules that are just like, oh, you can't go this far, you can't go this far without having like a, you know, a freaking like X rating or something crazy like that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very bizarre history dealing with censorship, which is like right up my alley. But again, we're not going to go into that. That's like a big ass rabbit hole we can go down and like, I don't 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 want to do that. Because I I know I can get distracted on that stuff super easily. Um, But You and me both. Yeah, yeah. It can all be I just, you know, I don't understand why, why, why millions of people had to fight to get the Snyder version released of Justice League, but something uh, completely doing away with his artistic vision. But then a movie like Nymphomaniac shows on every movie theater in the entire country. How in the hell was that art? That's not art to me, but it's art to somebody. Art should be allowed to be made. Quit censoring. Quit limiting Mm. and that's all i'm gonna say before we do go down the rabbit hole yeah 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 all right out of the rabbit hole and into the books yeah let's do it it. yeah no uh it is it is my honor it is my pleasure to start us off our reviews this week um well actually before we do that uh we do need to give a a bit of a, a brief mention an honorable mention uh to the most recent issue of wonder woman I believe Josh was going to catch us up on that, so I'll just uh, I'll let you you know mention that before we get into our main reviews for this week. Uh, yeah, all right. So we're talking about Wonder Woman seven eighty one, and it had a backup in it. I didn't realize it was going to have a backup in it, but it does. Uh, the first part of the issue is Wonder Woman pretty much trying everything to deal with coming back from the dead. Uh. There's a new funky Wonder Woman that shows up to kick the shit out of Steve Trevor, and then a few pages later, a few pages later, we see a sky filled with Wonder Woman, all Diana. So no idea where that's going, but uh, I guess we'll find out. Then in the backup, it's about a woman earning her place to become a member of the Bana Migdal. Uh, she earns her place because her and two other participants are told to fight for the fight to the death. For their place and while the other two grabbed guns she said no and that's how she got in don't don't fight female women empower them <laughs> that's that was the hidden secret test and she got it uh she moved her name from mabel jefferson to ya atsawana and just as they're about to celebrate they're attacked by a single-headed chimera and this is apparently supposed to lead us to the road of the amazons that's that's it. Um, overall, one, it's better. I'm glad she's back on Earth. 
It's not all the way there yet, though. So uh, I'm definitely going to have to read the next issue before I suggest it coming off of the dump list or lightning reviews and going into full review. But regardless, I gave it a 7.5. Cool. I, I did not read this issue, so... Um, I'll don't it blame you. <laughs> it's it's been a disappointing run as of late, but I've I'm, I'm a pretty big Wonder Woman family fan, and every issue I'm reading, I'm like, give me something to make me want to talk about this on the show. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, um, we barely got there this one, but hopefully we'll we'll uh we'll see more. Rob, did you have any any thoughts on this one? I I was really into this one. It looks like it's shying away from the stories we've had, and it looks like it's going in a direction that is all around better. But like Josh said, we'll give it another issue or two and see just how the story quality is going. But so far, I like it. I'm interested. Cool. All right, all right, all right. Then, in that case, it is my honor and my pleasure to start our reviews off this week with Action Comics 1036. Um, This series is has just been on like a, a, I don't know, just like a straight rise ever since, God, when did it start, like 10.30, 10.29 or something like that? Um, ever since Philip Kennedy Johnson took the mantle, yeah, even, took, I mean, took, the, took the role. I, I know I was kind of alone on enjoying the golden age, but I was like, even even from there, and I, I keep saying it like a broken record, even from there I was like, there's something about this guy that bringing a certain energy mm-hmm. to this run where I'm like, there is something here that is going to be special, and... Here we are starting the World World Saga, which I was so excited for. Um, yes. Just just getting into it, getting into this kind of epic moment in, in Superman's history as, as, a, as a leader, as a liberator, um, as, as just kind of confronting War World, which will seemingly be the last time he does it as, as all signs lead to him dying. Ha ha, how long will that last, right? Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, 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 I think again, I, I'm, I'm going to actually get into what the fuck the book is about, but I just, all that is kind of <laughs> uh, to say, um, we're starting a new arc and I, I really cannot sing the praises of this book enough. It is just, just been so excellent ever since, um, the other person stopped writing it. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> the other person. Um, but yeah, this is the War World Saga Chapter 1 brought to us by Philip Kennedy Johnson on writing, Daniel Samperi on art, and Adriana Lucas with the colors, and Dave Sharp providing the letters. The story itself is actually pretty simple, um, starting in the, um, <clears throat> I guess, the political scene of Durlin, where one of the high counselors who is being uh, transitioned to a new position is given the unfortunate news, for him at least, that Superman, as well as an entourage of people, are making their way, just making a fucking beeline towards War World to free the refugees, particularly those under the name the Thelosians. He freaks out about it. He's just like, don't ever say that name again. That's not the right message. And if you mention this word to anyone else, you and your pathetic bloodline will cease to exist. Uh, meanwhile, and this is coming from a dude that was talking all nice and fluffy yeah. before he said Felosians. Yeah, very, very, very nice, very fluffy, very, I'm so excited to enter this new era of peace with you, and then just flips his shit at the mention of the Felosians, uh, or Felosians. Uh Meanwhile, aboard the carrier, which was a very fun little Easter egg, but I guess it makes sense for a story like this featuring the authority, the team led by Superman are making their way 
like I said, making a beeline straight for War World, ready for whatever is coming, and uh, Manchester, ba Manchester Black, excuse me, I can't talk today, um, is making his usual jokes about how crappy of a place it looks, but from our perspective, from the art perspective, it is absolutely gorgeous looking shot of War World itself, just these mm -hmm. fiery pits and chasms, and it is just lit so beautifully, it's like, it's, it's amazing. Again, this art team is amazing, but Superman is, is feeling some kind of way because he knows what's coming and he sees a body being strung up among the atmosphere of War World and basically is, is kind of set as a warning like, all right, you're coming here now. You know what to expect. This is not some kind of, you know, happy leadership type of thing where you're going to come and liberate the people and it's going to be all smiles. This is War World, son. This is going to be some ugly shit that you're about to get into. Uh, but Herb. as as they land and um, <clears throat> meet with one of the people from uh, Mongol's throne room, he sort of informs them that the uh, people, that the uh, Philosians in particular who had been awaiting the liberation have been arranged in a very special way uh, for Superman's arrival, which is a very tongue-in-cheek way of saying they have all essentially been crucified uh, as a warning uh, in the way that uh, Mongol himself prefers um, using the the I guess like maxim or quote follow the dead or so say the dead uh, in particular yeah um, as each dead body is left as some kind of message for Superman that like I said before this isn't going to be some kind of happy liberation type shit this is going to be like you are you are going to face some really deadly stuff um, but I think in in the wake of seeing that. Um, there is this really great double-page sequence of kind of the warriors sitting outside War World, and there's almost like this, this drumbeat in the background where Superman and the Authority are making their way straight towards the Colosseum, just like burning shit and wrecking shit. And I just, I, I loved that scene so much because it's like, it, it is literally like a drumbeat before Superman gives his big speech in front of all of the citizens of War World and all of the... The people standing before Mongol, letting them know that this is a new era and he's going to free them. But prior to that, we have to show you that, like, the authority are not just, like, here to provide comic relief or anything. Like, they are here for destruction. They are, they are going to make their way through War World like a cannon. Like, they are just going to destroy as much as they can, which I think is, is the best way to get Mongol's attention. So there's a lot of grandstanding yeah. from the people in Mongol's imperial court, uh, in particular one by the name of Chetel who, you know, is giving the standard monologue type of I'm going to kill all of you, and when your heads are standing on pikes, I will be standing there among the wreckage still alive while the rest of you are dead. And I think Mongol says it best with a little aside comment, or Midnighter says it best with a little aside comment, which is pretty hardcore monologue, which is exactly how I felt. Because it's like, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's pretty intense, dude, but, you know, like, let's, let's start getting into this shit. Um, but... Like I said, this is not going to be any easy task for Superman as uh, Chaitel himself uses his powers to, I guess, sort of reveal a, a kind of a, a deception that Superman has been working under seemingly ever since the um, breach that he and John took, took out in the Golden Age, which is that Superman's radiation or whatever radiation had affected Superman has seemingly been weakening his powers to the point where it's physically making him older and... and look a lot older um, and um, 
Manchester Black reveals that it had basically all been a, a deception of, of him and Enchantress working to make Clark look stronger, but in reality, he'd been getting weaker and weaker ever since that day, which kind of tracks to the beginning of the, the um, War World Rising arc where Batman is kind of like, I can tell that you're flagging, and Superman's like, no, no, that's my normal speed, it's, it's fine. Um, but um, even though it seems like Superman's powers have been revealed and, and, uh, and is, is you know, significantly weaker than he was now, that is certainly not going to stop Mongol. If anything, that was why he brought him here. His hubris, his desire to just make his way towards Warworld and free the Philosians as fast as he could is going to lead to his death as he faces not the Mongol who was, but the Mongol who is in a battle for the ages that we will not get to see for another month. Um, but if, if, they, if you could not tell by the tone of my voice um, and by that long-ass intro that I gave, I love this series. I love this series so much. It is just so much fun to read. And, and more than that, it is a great Superman story. Like, it, it embodies the kind of, you know, scale and scope and, and epic and heartfelt, genuine Superman story that you would want to read for, you know, months and months on end. And it's exactly the kind of thing that, you know, I... I had been looking for for so long and just had not been able to find in the previous run and and it just it feels so satisfying to get this you know really truly epic tale that might seem like kind of small in scope like superman and his team go to war world and free the people like oh okay that's a pretty straightforward story but it's the way in which it's being told it's the the world building it's the scope of it all it's the presentation that just makes it such a satisfying read overall and um daniel sampere is just drawing his heart out, which makes it a little bit bittersweet to find out that this is his last issue on the book. But don't feel sad, because the artist replacing him is, is um, Miguel Mendoncha, who if you've been oh, reading cool. Justice League Last Ride, you already know it's like, oh shit, that's going to look great too. So yeah, yeah. Um, really exciting stuff coming in the works, at least in, in terms of the art department. But yeah, no, this was just, for me, it was an excellent read, and I, I, I cannot recommend this book enough. And before I shut up and stop talking and let my co-hosts speak as, as they <laughs> deserve to, um, I just want to make one final point, which I mentioned on Slack, but I have to say it. Um, Superman looks really, really good with gray temples. I know it sounds Agreed. weird, but he looks really good. Like, it looks distinguished. And I think I said that during Superman and the Authority. I hate that word. But I know, <laughs> but it's like, no, but but no, but for real. Like, he looks he looks good. Like, it makes him look respectable in this sense and i and i i know he had the gray temples in kingdom come so that's probably where some of my stuff is coming from but i'm just like as a as a a super figure as like this you know powerful symbol i i think like yeah you know like let him show his age a little bit like he i'm not saying he's old there are plenty of people who have gray temples that do not look you know like decrepit or anything but i, I if it were me, I would let him keep the Grey Temples for a little bit. I'm perfectly fine with that. Like, give, him, give him the Reed Richards look, I say. Um, but anyway, I gave this an 8.75 out of 10. I loved it. I liked it too, man. And just to build off of everything that you said, what I've been craving, what, what I feel like we were kind of promised is the next evolution of our favorite characters. And while we've got a little bit of conflict here on the show about whether or not we're going to see that, I mean, at least PKGJ has 
told us that we are going to be heading toward the future state that that was broadcasted to us. Um, maybe not exactly. He didn't specify that, but he did say that he wants to provide a very clear road to what we think is coming, to what we were shown was coming. And uh, I, I'm, I could be more ecstatic about that. We've got John. He's a full-grown man. He's completely capable of being Superman. So let Clark go do something. And I'm glad that this is what it is, man, because it's a hell of a story. Yeah, and, I, and I, I, if his future lies in being a liberator and a leader of the next generation which really was the entire, you know, theme of Superman and the Authority. It's like, okay, our generation did our best. We were great. But now it's time, you know, to try and welcome in something new alongside mm-hmm. us. We're not, we're not going away. We're saying, let's embrace all of us and try and do something great. So this is where Clark's future is, at least for the next year or so. I'm like, yeah, why not, right? Superman wants to leave the Authority the next year in Action Comics. You will get no complaint with me. Unless the story just completely falls off. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my my concern though is, like, how does this move forward? Uh, I feel like, I don't know. This is pretty bombastic for them first getting to War World. I mean, how crazy this has to get to move forward from here, meeting the baddest of the bad of War World already. Clark's already down on his knees. I'm curious because I'm not doubting this at all. I'm like, how in the hell could this get, frankly, any better? Oh, it is called um, War World Saga for a reason, so you know it's going to be yeah. epic. If we, if, if comic yeah, fans hope. know anything about the word saga, they know it means something. It lasts <laughs> for a long time, yeah. and I'm cool with that. Uh, my, I think my biggest complaint here was that it went by too fast. Yeah, that is true. It was a really quick read. I, I gave this one an 8 out of 10. I saw Rob stifling a laugh over there. What what were you giggling about, Rob? I, I, I'm surprised. That I, maybe it's just me. I'm surprised at how low your scores are. Because <laughs> yeah, I gave this a 9.25, and I had to struggle to not give it a 9.5. It was it was like, close to a 9 for me. That's definitely, that's definitely valid. It, it is just so exciting. Yeah. For a first issue, like... They really hammer home the word saga in this. And it's very early. It's the first friggin' issue. But I can definitely see this going down with with the, with the really, really big stories. And I had big stories in my mind a minute ago. And now I forgot. Death of Superman? One. Well, the death of Superman. But I was thinking of other characters, too. <laughs> and I can't remember well, I mean, a single one. This feels, as, this feels as though it could be as iconic as the death of Superman. Yeah, for sure. And to me, I mean, that's fucking phenomenal. And I never thought we would ever see a Superman that even came came close to that story. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly feel that we're, we are getting that now. Yeah, it is. I mean, for me at least, and I don't want to be disingenuous to some of the Rebirth Superman stuff, but at least for me, I think this is probably... You know, the most interested I've been in action for for quite some time, um, where I just I'm like I can't I can't wait to see what happens next, and that's a really good feeling. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. I, Hell yeah, it is. Because I mean, let's be honest, we kind of usually know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it can be very um, 
predictable sometimes. And I mean, yeah. certainly there, I have my own theories as to how this is going to go. Um, I could be right. I could be wrong, but you know, if, as long as it is engaging to read, as long as it's like, okay, I actually look forward to reading it, even if there are elements of predictability, like I, I, my, my interest is not lost. And that's the most important thing to me. Um, which had mm-hmm. happened previously, but like I said, we're not going to get into that. I want to. We don't. We don't. We want to keep it positive here. But um, anyway. Well, d- despite the fact that you say positive, I do have two nitpicks that brought the score down a quarter inch. And okay. that's uh And this is honestly just me loving the aliens in the DC universe. The, in- including the Durlins in this and the way that they were used, just felt really out of place for me. And I felt the Durlins were were really off. But that is such a minor thing. It was just, what, three pages at the beginning of the book and had nothing to do with the Warbolt saga in general. And also the, I guess you call them the, I don't know if they were actually had a name, the the four or five big warriors in the ring. Yeah, we um, they're called the baddest of the bad of Warbolt. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they reminded me way too much of the black order i think they were called yeah from... no I, I was i was definitely thinking that same yeah. thing and i was i was, I was wondering out which one was which yeah i was i was wondering yeah. if you if someone was going to mention that because yeah. i was like i know rob is red infinity so he probably got the same mm-hmm. <laughs> he probably yeah. got the same thought. <laughs> that's it um, and it didn't even that, click with me but you are 100 percent right yeah, yeah. Um, yeah apart from that though that this we've been waiting so long for this and it starts with a bang and what a bang it is so yeah, like literally, there's a whole bunch of bangs. Yeah, there's a lot of bangs. There's a whole yeah. two page spread of them just banging exactly. stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should rephrase that. One. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. I hopefully, you. hopefully, don't take drums. that out of context. Banging, banging drums. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, we have uh, we have another part of Action Comics that we would love to talk about, and that is our backup story. Um, so, uh, Josh, do you want to take that one? Uh, Tales of Metropolis? Yes. I'm throwing that one over to Rob. And I will catch it and field that bitch. All so, right. writer Sean Lewis with art by Sammy Basri, colors by Hi-Fi, and letters from Dave Sharp. This is the Tales of Metropolis backup. I th- I, I'm going to call it a fan favorite backup. And mm-hmm. this one's featuring The Guardian and Jimmy Olsen, part two of the Dismember saga, if you will. So the Guardian is interrogating the kid that lures other kids to dismember. And Guardian then gets access to the cyber world to locate the missing kids and finds dismember. Using an EMP he brought along, he disrupts dismember and discovers it's actually the kid. He uses the EMP one more time and it breaks the hold the kid has over the children he's taken and the world around him. But he is now trapped there while all the kids and Guardian get free. Before Guardian leaves, Jimmy reveals he has more cases to solve, and Guardian's right there with him. It was very short and to the point, but honestly, I, I liked it. It was a, not a bad story. It it really just feels like a backup, and I think this whole idea of Tales of Metropolis, I call it a fan favorite, it might just be me being a fan of it. It's such an interesting idea, and we've talked before in past episodes about just how many characters metropolis has within its city limits that are just fun and fascinating and interesting and to have this idea as a backup and action ongoing to just explore 
the cast of characters Metropolis has to offer, I think is fantastic. And tying it all together with Jimmy, now rich, just spending his time uh, solving crimes, I think is fantastic. I keep forgetting that he's loaded now. Yeah, yeah. He got half of I, Luther's I, money. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting that, man. Yeah. Way to go, Jimmy. Yeah. All right, Jimmy. No, I, I, I think, Rob, you said it perfectly. It's just like, it, it, it's, it's almost it would almost feel like kind of a weird way to structure your story where you have this, you know, epic Superman story followed by a very quiet story of Jimmy Olsen and guardian taking down like this techno kid um, yeah. in Metropolis. But I, I think it works where it's just like, you know, you can read this epic story, but then you're reminded that, you know, Metropolis is still a vibrant, lively place. And, mm-hmm. and that's still important. And there's still a lot of stories to tell. And, and, uh, you know, we haven't forgotten about that. So for the people who maybe like, I, I kind of miss that Metropolis aspect. Well, here you go. Here's a, yeah. you know, an eight-page backstory featuring some of the characters that we kind of love from there. So yeah, I, I really dug it, and the art is you know phenomenal too. You can have rotating talents as well, and still keep the same title. And it's as long as it's in Metropolis and it's street level, you're you're golden. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I'm the, the I enjoy the hell out of all of these. I mean, I'm so far I have not found one I really don't like. I love that Guardians getting getting a minute to shine. Like Rob said, Jimmy Olsen is popping up in every issue. He's the uh, man behind the curtain, so to speak. Yeah. The great and powerful Olsen. <laughs> uh, I feel like after a while. I think we might at least get a full-size one-shot of this, and I know I would buy that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll oh, put yeah. something out, you know, like a Tales of Metropolis style thing, if not a if not a collection of the backups, at the very least, like a, a follow-up to it. And I think that would be really nice. Um, and then I know that they're kind of ending this um, these backups, or at least the Tales of Metropolis backup, for a little while. But um, I did find out that the next backup. And this one I'm actually pretty excited for is a Martian Manhunter backup. Um, yes. Which is, is, I mean, not only is it going to be super cool to have stories that kind of focus on John a little bit, but um, for anyone who knows a little bit about their DC history, they'll know that John actually started as a, as a backup character and was then later folded into um, Justice League of America. So this is kind of almost yep. like him getting back to his roots a little bit. And I hope, I hope it's really fun. You and me both. Um, he's a hell of a character. He's more badass than Superman. The only downside is that he is his vulnerability isn't. I, I don't even know from a character and story driven standpoint. I don't really see this as a downside. But his his only weakness is not some mystical rock from another planet that came here in limited supply. But by the way, it's also unlimited. It's fire, and that's that shit's everywhere. So I mean, you take a it, for me, it takes somebody that's up on like Superman's power level and almost brings them down to us. And I think that's pretty fucking cool for a character. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I did not know that that was going to be the backups coming through um, after Tales of Metropolis was done. But n- now hearing that, I am super stoked. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I I think I hope it should be. I have no idea like what it's even going to be about. I don't. I don't think they've given us any kind of clues, but it should. I think it should just be you know a lot of fun. 
I agree. I gave this one an eight and uh, the whole book an eight. It's pretty damn solid. It's hard to find anything relatively modern with Superman in it. That's as good as this. Mm -hmm. I gave this back up a seven and I only gave it a seven because it left me wanting more, but that's what you get with the backup. It's short. It's still fantastic. Uh, 8.25 overall for the whole book. Nice. Yeah, no, I was I was in a real good mood when I read this, so I gave the backup an 8.5, which is probably higher, and I actually enjoyed it, but I'll just keep it there for now. So um, I think the I'll just kind of round the whole thing up to like, a, let's say like an 8.75, 8.5-ish, whatever. Um, it, it was just it was just a really satisfying read overall, and um, I, I cannot I cannot promote this book enough. I think probably promoted just as hard as those comicsology books but seriously if you haven't been reading action comics so far since um infinite frontier i cannot recommend it enough it has just been such a great ride ever since there the start. you go uh, but our next yep. book since infinite frontier yes since since, <laughs> since infinite frontier and that and nothing else uh but moving on to our next book which uh i think is uh certainly also pretty exciting in its moments we have i am batman number three uh, which uh, Josh will give us all the details on right now. All right. Uh, first off, it is written by John Ridley with the cover from Gerardo Savino with interior art by Steven Segoya, Kristen Duce, and Rex Locus with a Larger World Studios, Troy Petiri doing the lettering. So the book starts out with Jace talking about how disappointed he is to his dad, Lucius, uh, because basically because he's attending work like Bruce did when he was Batman, uh, which I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, though he, he thinks, Lucius thinks that it's just because Jace was backsliding into whatever his former self was. And I don't really know that so much. Um I mean, he was a soldier of fortune and, I mean, kind of a dick before that. But, I mean, other than that. But, anyway. Following that, we see Tanya Fox, his mom, offering her services for free to Morris Caulfield. The the kid that killed Anarchy. Or at least one of them. While she's there, the moral authority attacks the juvenile detention center where he's being held. Jace sees a video feed that Vol shows him and he's told that his mom is in the building, the juvenile building. Batman, go. And he does. There's a full all-out war between a few cops uh, that are at the juvie center and damn near a literal army of the moral authority that is attacking it. And, of course, that's when Batman shows up as one would expect him to do and we hear more about how he's going to show people fear. Again, It's going against the narrative where we were introduced to this when it all started. Batman clears the ground and takes out the leader of the group and Seer pipes up through a phone and gives Batman a map to where he is. He says he's looking forward to meeting him because he thinks he's special, which is the same bullshit line he tells to all the people he recruits. After Tanya shoots one of the guys that got inside about to get to, uh, um, oh hell, what's his name, Caulfield, Uh, we next see Batman outside with all the people's asses he kicked laying on the ground. Immediately after, the cops want to arrest him. They got their guns drawn. He says, arrest me or tend to your wounded, but I would prefer not to get one in the back. 
and then he leaves. Nobody shoots. That's kind of how we expected it to go. That's an old Batman trait too. Saint and someone I either don't know or have forgotten for some reason are talking about Tyler Arkadine spilling his bean to the cops. But Mystery Man says he has it handled. And by handled, he means he killed the kid. So I'm honestly, guys, I'm getting leery. I I love Jace Fox's Batman. And I think Ridley is an excellent writer. But this is starting to feel what what is supposed to be an evolution of the Batman character is just starting to feel more and more like regular Batman. Yeah, I don't I don't um, I, I don't I don't really see how it's different. You know, it's uh, it's I mean, I, I think that's a cool idea of someone basically learning how to be Batman using his methods and not you know, totally going off the deep end like Azrael did however many years ago, but um, I don't I don't know. It, I, I guess, yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you where, because I, I went back to that, I think after two, I was like, oh, I didn't really connect that, but I went back to one and I was like, yeah, there was that whole scene where it seemed like he was trying to be more of a positive force rather yeah, than... Yeah, he, he literally was saying like, Batman held to the shadows and inspired fear. I'm going to show my, myself to the people and give them hope so they don't have to be afraid anymore. Yeah. And now for the last three issues, it's all been fear, 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 fear. And, you know, I mean, if I wanted that, I could pick up a regular Batman book. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, honestly, that would make sense if there was, you know, some kind of justification for it. Like, oh, okay, after... You know, however many issues I learned that you can't rule Gotham through a kind hand. You kind of have to rule it through fear. And it's like, okay, that's a little harsh, but at least it's justified. Um, right. But... Then nothing's happened to make him change yeah, his stance. And it's, it's we like, haven't even seen it vocalized. Like, like, what, hap- what happened between the events of one and three that made you go, I'm going to rule by example. Or I'm not going to rule. Uh, I'm going to lead by example to I'm going to lead by fear. What what, right. what happened in between? Um, so yeah, uh, issue two point five, I guess, and it's one of those lost books. Maybe yeah, maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's somewhere in the Ridley cut. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's it's you know as a as a action read of Batman, you know, beating up on some of the seedier parts of people in the city. It's fine, but in terms of I don't know, kind of the bigger statement that I thought it was leading towards it's just not really there so um it, it, it kind of got a 7.5 out of 10 for me um where it was just like yeah it was a you know a solid read but i i don't know that i really felt anything deeper no i'm, I'm disappointed by the lack of evolution i'm disappointed by just basically instead of giving us a new character all they did was give us a black batman and we i i i think that Jace Fox makes an excellent Batman. I think he was excellent in issues one and issues two, and then everything kind of just went to shit. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, issue two is when we started seeing him say this fear stuff, but I, I don't, I don't know what happened and it bums me out. Why, why are we reverting to typical Batman behavior? You're, so, you're supposed to be a brand new guy. You come from a completely different family all of that, you have a total different background, a totally different personality, but when you put that suit on, it's, I'm Batman, 
And that's that's nobody needed that. Yeah. Let let Jace Fox be the character you started out with in in all the advanced issues that we got. I am Batman Zero and number one and you know, stick with the character. Don't 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 oh, you know what? Creators don't go on Twitter for, for fan reactions, please. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's it's got me a little bummed out. So I only gave this a seven point seven five. It's the art is fantastic to look at in this book. And the story's pretty good. I just I don't like the way Jace is acting. Yeah, uh you're not the only one. His his father doesn't like the way he's acting either. <laughs> That's because he thinks he's acting like Bruce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And we've come full circle. Um, exactly. I gave it an 8, and I bumped my score up because of the art, and I thought the action sequences were really good. Mm-hmm. The combat I thought was awesome, and the twist of... Uh, I don't remember her first name. Mrs. Fox, Jace's mother, having Tanya. to... Okay, it is Tanya. For some reason, I thought that was his sister. There are so many foxes, it's hard to keep track of which one's which. Right. right. <laughs> um I thought that was an interesting twist where she had to basically had to kill or be killed. And that mm-hmm. that's that's interesting considering her, her stance on vigilantism. I get this, not vigilantism, but it it's close. Close. Yeah. Hopefully ah. it'll make her look at things a little differently. Yeah. Oh I'm sorry. It just I got I got distracted for a second because the um the file for cosmic detective just came in and I got really excited. Nice. I'm sorry. Keep going. (laughs) Uh, I'm still sold on Jace's journey for now. I'm just waiting for more from it because so far it's feeling like the same. And I'm not even thinking just the same as Batman have you already had. It's just... There's... I I get it's only issue three, but not much has changed. It's, It's like he's doing the exact same thing, just in a different place every issue doesn't yeah. really feel like the story's progressing much. Not much. Yeah. Not much. Did you give a score, Brandon? Uh, yeah, no, I said 7.5. Ah, yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, all right, well, yeah, make, what's up next? Yeah, making our way into our next book this week is a story that is, um, I don't know, a little psychedelic. Uh, I don't... I don't just kind of bizarre. Um, I don't really have any Weird. other way to... Are you talking about the like the, the book in general or the art style? Uh, not the art style as much, although it certainly feeds into that uh, feeling of, of confusion. Um, and that is Black Manta number three, which is... Um, I mean, I will let Rob give us our full review, but um, it was, it was a, a series that I think has just kind of I don't know, gotten to a really weird place. So I'll, I'll let Rob mm-hmm. give us the, the intricate details. It's not weird, man. It's it weird. deep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is it, though? I mean, you know I've I've had my brain zonked out before, and, and even oh, I couldn't enjoy it. that was a fantastic this. episode. Yeah. I will never forget that one. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> okay, uh... All right, Black Manta number three. This is from writer Chuck Brown with art by Matthew... Dow or Doe Smith, uh, colors by Marissa Louise, and letters from Clayton Cowles. A very, very simple synopsis. 
There are three settings, and we go through them very quickly. Black Manta uses Gentleman Ghost's power to see Ancient Atlantis, and he finds the info he needs almost instantly. A sect of Atlantean people were originally from Africa, and uh, apparently that's all he needed. Afterwards, Manta and Gallus the Goat get ambushed by a mysterious Hellion, but they get the upper hand and take her with them unconscious. And meanwhile, Devil Ray has infiltrated Atlantis and called a meeting of, I imagine, the higher-ups of Atlantis guards, including Commander Merc. And I want to say he gassed them, but they're underwater, so something similar to underwater <laughs> gassing. And all but Merc passed out right away. Merc got the chance to attack, but failed. And Devil Ray has now begun his stance to take over Atlantis. There is a lot of talk about this one being weird, and I can agree. I keep going back to how a lot of ancient Atl- or a whole section of ancient Atlanteans were just from Africa, and there are questions running through my mind. We saw ships, Atlantean ships, flying back to Africa, but if this has never been known before... Would those ships not still be there? Would there not be any <laughs> evidence? Um, why were they taken from... Did they go to Atlantis? How did they get there? What? Why? What's the connection? And what? why does that all Black Manta needed to know? I thought he was <laughs> going through this to find out what happened with these stones. But he didn't find anything about the stones... He just found out about some other big mystery that nobody ever knew about. It has nothing to do with his history as far as he knows. And he's just, he's done with it. Two minutes in and out, 20 minute adventure. All of a sudden this is Rick and Morty and I'm losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah, that, Rob's, Rob's frustration is like echoed for all of us. Because I, I think I had that exact same reaction. I'm just like, I, Pretty much. my mind hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It it feels very disconnected. Yeah. yeah. And there's like Devil Ray, I'm I'm assuming I've never I can't remember ever hearing about him before, and the people in Atlantis were depicted as going, Who who is this guy? It's gotta be Black Manta pretending to be somebody else. So think, I'm assuming right? that he's I'm That's sorry. What you would think, right? You know right. what I thought. So yeah. But uh, Black Manta is starting to act, he's starting to feel like he's a decent guy that does wrong things. But now he's got someone that I believe might actually be related to him that is far worse. I think Devil Ray and Black Manta may be related. That's that's my guess. Um, also, I, let me on the cover, and I can't stand it when people do this. But just like when we got that Black Ice sneak peek, we they didn't call her Black Ice for what four four months. And on the cover of this one, we get to see someone called Torrid. And I think that's just Manta's henchman. I I don't know. It's This is altogether a weird book. Yeah. It's got good art it, that it just falters in a few places. But I had to give this a 7.5. Yeah, this one got a 7 out of 10 for me. I, I like... I like uh, Valentin Delandro's art sometimes, like an asterisk next to sometimes. But <laughs> um, yeah, just the, the story mixed with some of the the murkiness of the art. It just it's like it's a bad scene overall, and it, it just 
I don't know. It's a, it's a little weird and off-putting. Yeah. Yep. I'd give you that. I, I gave it a six. I, I, I was trying to be nice, man. Uh, I, I will be nice. There, I, I am interested in the Devil Ray part of the story and the potentially is her name part of the story, uh, but the title character, so far his story leaves a lot to be desired. In yeah, it's opinion. almost feel like they're trying to paint him... I'd, I'd say like a like a Lex Luthor type villain. Yeah. Or my brother would call him the greatest humanitarian on earth. And <laughs> he's a very much a Lex Luthor and Joker fan. But um, I, I get that that kind of feeling that they're kind of trying to present Black Manta as that. He's, he's just a good guy trying to do good things that doesn't do good things. And if, if you do it right, we could have a great redemption arc and shit like that for for Black Manta but it it's very confusing as to what it is they are setting up in this issue especially considering it's such a limited run and we're already on number three got me a little confused yeah Uh, these it's 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 murky writing and the art is and I say this in a, in, in, in a nice way, kind of. Um, I feel it's like Jeff Lemire's art on Magic Mushrooms. Really? That is the weirdest description I have ever heard. <laughs> but it's, oddly it's, enough, I understand it. I think, you, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean... it's You know, Je- Lemire's, Lemire's drawing style is very oh, much almost mm. sketchy, yeah, kind yeah. of. And this seems like it was trying to be that but put their own spin on it really? and it just got really psychedelic i, I was thinking for... more david mazzichelli but okay there you go like mazzichelli would be yeah, a good I, example I was david mazzichelli but like a 10th grade david mazzichelli like you're almost there <laughs> not, not like it sounds mean because like i i know valentino Langer. like he he is a, a consummate professional he's really good um mm-hmm. did um uh, bitch planet with kelly sue is crazy but i've heard is a lot of fun um but I, I don't know this book is just maybe it's the colors maybe it's just not the right setting it's just it's it's not really working i'll, I'll give you that yeah. them them colors were very muddy yeah yeah no yeah. i think that's the thing it's just like yeah this this whole series is is just it's very muddy it's muddy murky, which for water that shouldn't be the I know. case well, well actually i was gonna say i was like for water Normally, that should work. Like, oh, you want, like, kind of a, I don't know, like a, you know, like a undersea kind of vibe, but it, it's not working here. Well, yeah, undersea, not under lake. Yeah, yeah, no, not, not under yeah. you know, <laughs> like a swamp. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, boy. I think we're going to get hate mail now. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> From sure. the creator. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Comes to the territory, I guess. It does. I, I would does. love, though, to see... If I could see Chuck Brown write any character, I would love to see him write Kite Man. <laughs> oh, good. yeah. Hell, yeah. Chuck Brown doing Chuck Brown? Exactly. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be epic. I did a quiz the other day that said that... Uh, pick uh, it, it was uh, your, your DC villain according to your astrological sign, and yes. I got Hell, yeah. I got Kite Man. Very good. Very <laughs> it's good. like, what the shit? Yeah. But 
All right, I think that's about enough of wandering around in the mud for yeah, us. Yeah, we I think we covered that more than we had planned to, but I, yeah. I guess we just kind of got into it. Um, we we like bitching about things. I guess we do. I guess we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's get into something that I think will be uh, a little bit more positive, certainly in terms of artwork, um, and that is Justice League Last Ride, the final issue. It's here, um, and that is of course brought to us by Chip Zdarsky with art from Miguel Mendonca. Colors from Erica Angelini and letters from And World Design. Um, for a story that felt quite grand, this was a very short ending, um, which is why my review is going to sound kind of brief. Um, basically, um, after uh, John is able to reconstitute his form as a construct in some kind of way uh, he alongside wonder woman are working together to take down dark side while uh superman has been wounded from the uh kryptonite blades of the cyborg superman brainiac hybrid and batman in an act of great stupidity uh decides to take <laughs> down cyborg superman for himself it's like dude you know that guy's like half kryptonian what are you on you're going to die and of course, his dumb ass gets stabbed with a kryptonite knife, but uh, then I guess he and Clark have a nice little heart-to-heart before... Um, <clears throat> before he bleeds out. Before he ble- no, well, seemingly <laughs> bleeds out, but no. Uh, before um, <clears throat> uh, before um, John Stewart steps in and uh, decides to work with John a little bit and taking down uh, Darkseid. Um, but that is when... Hal Jordan finally decides to have his big moment and uh, take a little bit of that lantern energy for himself in, in order to you know, stand against Darkseid with his own Justice League of Constructs, which he uh, puts together. And uh, Darkseid, in a, in a quote that made me laugh out loud, uh, will not be defeated, Darkseid will not be defeated by feeble simulacra, which was like the most... <laughs> incredibly pretentious way of saying I'm not going to be beat by these fucking copies. Um, but it just made me laugh. Uh, Dark, Dark Side has clearly been sitting in my English literature class. Um, um, in any case, the Justice League are able to take down Dark Side with one big epic crash and punch uh, from Superman and Wonder Woman before Hal Jordan um, chases him into space uh, before uh, I guess drowning him in the boom tube uh, bombs and basically letting him die. Um, guess they don't have any problems with that at that point. Where Hal is just like he used me. I, I was so sad, uh, but I still let him die. Actually, I basically helped him along that way uh, <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> uh, but it all works out in the end, I guess, as Lobo is made to stand trial um, as they had wanted to do from day one. And the big three are able to reconcile and acknowledge that, you know, they have to work together in their own ways. Bruce, in particular, had put them away for a while, but now they kind of recognize that the Justice League has to work together um, to avoid such things like this happening again. Um, So, yeah, big smiles, big endings, but unfortunately not big smiles for me. Um, it was an okay ending. It was fine, um, but I, I think I just I came away from it feeling a little bit, I don't know, unsatisfied. And the reason for that was for a book called Justice League Last Ride, 
I guess I was expecting a last ride. Like I, and, and it sounds morbid, but I really thought like, oh, okay, this is the Justice League's last, you know, big hoorah. Like let's let's go out with a bang before we all die. Okay. And then they kind of just come away, you know, from it all unscathed, essentially. And they're just like, nope, we're, we're back to fighting and, and everything is okay. And I don't know, that, that just felt like any other Justice League ending that you could have. There was nothing really special about it at all. Um, they had some really nice artwork and some really great scenes. And, um, like, it's a satisfying read, certainly. But, again, as an end to this series, it just it, it kind of felt like a disappointment for me. So I, I gave this an 8 out of 10. I really think it's probably closer to a 7.5 if I'm being honest. Like it was a, I had a satisfying time reading it, but I just kind of came away from it saying, well, what was the point? Like you, you kind of set all this stuff up in the first issue, especially with Superman of this idea where it's like, I'm trying to save everyone, but I can't. And I know that my time is coming and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work towards that. And then at the end, they're just like, nope, we're all good now. Everything's fine. Um, and I was like, what, what, what kind of resolution is that? Like, it feels like you didn't even really address it at all. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was how I felt. And, you know, the art from Miguel Mendoza is, as we have said since the first issue, absolutely spectacular, Stellar. just mm -hmm. stunning. Um, there, there were a little points, I think, in five and six where it was a little bit lacking, but I think really pulled out all the stops in this issue, just gorgeous stuff all around, but... Again, in terms of the ending, I, I was kind of disappointed, I have to be honest. I, I honestly think it might have benefited from another issue and, and maybe just kind of having that resolution. And I mean, I, I even remember a scene in, like, issue three where Batman is kind of talking about, like, you know, I'm really proud of the next generation. It feels like they are going to surpass us. And I was like, oh, obvious foreshadowing. When the Justice League die, the Titans generation are going to be the Justice League at the end of this series. But no, I guess not. I guess everyone just kind of comes away with big smiles and happy and I mean I, I guess that's fine but I don't know maybe, maybe I just am a, a freaking sadist who wants the gory disgusting ending for the Justice League uh, to die um, no yeah I don't know I I look the the title is obviously misleading and as somebody who has a problem with misleading covers that's a that's an issue for me um, that the that the title is misleading, but I do have to say that this issue is better than the previous issue, only because I messed up and I thought last issue was the last issue. I was gonna ask you which ending did you like better? <laughs> uh, this one. <laughs> it was it was a very different kind of ending than what I was expecting. Uh, last ride, of course, I would have thought that we would have seen at least some of them die. Yeah, I was but... expecting like at least. Like I don't know, like someone, like it's a last Some, someone to yeah, die, yeah. right? But Batman didn't die, even being stabbed with the knife. The one person that did die got brought back. <laughs> so it was just it was. Here's the thing, though. Okay, so we got John as as a guardian. Apocalypse is new Oa, and they bring up Justice League Universal. I mean, the ideas are weird, but the ones presented are also pretty fucking cool. Yeah. All of those could work. And, I mean, honestly, I can't help but wonder if Zdarsky actually had something planned or has something planned for a Justice League Universal or if this is just some kind of, like, hang-up spot like in Doomsday Clock where they said the Hulk was coming. But either way, it doesn't factor into this score. I guess I went into this thankful that I had some kind of an ending 
other than what I was given last issue, that definitely could be the case, but I gave it an 8.25 out of 10. Yeah, I would love to see more of this world. And how they ended it is very interesting, but it certainly didn't end how I thought it would. And you guys have both said it, and I will say it too, somebody should have died. Like It's comics, they never stay dead for long. And yes, this is the last issue, but it's perfectly natural for here i think we've seen every single one of these characters die at least once uh, yeah probably way more yeah than the, just once I mean, the only oh, one I but i can't think of dying is um is john i think I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm having trouble with that too but he was technically a black lantern for three pages so does that maybe, count maybe, though it's it, yeah no, not really but <laughs> <laughs> oh no we did in future state well, okay, okay. Fair enough. but still yeah. this is yeah. completely disconnected this is an alternate universe this is not something tied to the main t- timeline so there was no need at all to have this end with everything happy yeah. it was called justice league last ride and to me that means last ride of the justice league yeah it's mm-hmm. in the fucking title yeah. Right, <laughs> the odds so, were stacked against them. They they had Green Lantern, Dark Side. They had Brainiac, Cyborg, Superman. They had an army of of bounty hunters and soldiers and manhunters all converging on the planet to fight seven lone heroes. And what the fuck were they? one of them doesn't even have powers, and he got stabbed <laughs> and still survived by green alien energy for some reason. Uh, John can use his Martian powers as a construct, and that makes no fucking sense. But he's infused. I think it says that he's infused with the battery now. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I have no that, idea. That's what it said. But still, I mean, it it it, it was, yeah. and you know, for Zdarsky, things usually will get a little out there, and that's always a fun ride. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be too fun when it's called last ride. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Like I just, I felt, I felt disappointed where it's like you had all this foreshadowing, you had all this, you know, all these illusions towards this is it. This is the last ride of the justice league. Like gear up. Cause after this they're done. And you know, they all just kind of come out like, Oh, everything's fine. Let's make a bigger justice league. I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's, it's almost like a slap in the face in the title where it's like, Mm-hmm. Why? Why call it that? Why not just call it like Justice League: A New Hope or something? I'm ripping off Star Wars. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Justice League: One More Fair. Justice League: oh, The wait Resurrection. A call it Justice League: The Resurrection. Uh, like the ooh, Justice League had I, died and now they're resurrected. Call it that. I, maybe. Okay, so we that the book ends with them. Uh. It ends with them in the Watchtower, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So, and they were boom-tubed there, right? Or however they got back. I, don't, I mean, seemingly. I, I, be, I, be, I, I believe know. they were boom-tubed there. Mm-hmm. So, they went there with a spaceship, right? Sure. And then got boom-tubed back to the, to the Watchtower. Maybe it was called Justice League Last Ride. Because they're never riding oh a spaceship God. again. 
That is, oh, God. That is no, we're stopping uh, recording. That is a terrible last ride's journey. I, I feel like we ought to reach out to Zadarsky and ask him. <laughs> the, the whole title of the seven issue series that we read for seven months was literally so they could make a pun where the Justice League got their ship destroyed and it was the last ride in the javelin. That's just I, I, dude. I'm. You know what? I'm reaching out to Zadarsky on Twitter, is, and I want to confirm. That is true. That is such a terrible joke. <laughs> it's he's so got. Terrible, he's got a good I sense of humor. Love it. That, <laughs> no, but that is that is literally just like the biggest. I'm gonna fuck with the fans and just make them think it's about one thing when it's not. I. I think you've made Brandon like, very upset. I, th- I, I thought we were second. breaking the Justice League, and all we did was break their bus. Yeah. yeah. That, that would, but you know what? Honestly, that sounds like something he would do. Like, all this is yeah. just a I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if, because he has the Substack newsletter thing, I wouldn't be surprised if the next one is just like, oh, yeah, the reason I called it Last Ride was because of they, they won't get to ride in their spaceship anymore. So it's the last ride of their spaceship. Terrible joke. Maybe. That's such a terrible, like, basically just lowbrow dad joke that I wouldn't be surprised. Did you write this story, Josh? Uh, <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> no, that that wasn't me, man. Uh, Jesus. Um. I, in the end, though, I, I gave it an eight point five. Is the art is is killer, and that was the only thing that got killed in this thing. And um. <laughs> it, this issue actually this joke gave me was my favorite moment. Uh, so yeah. I, and I'll I'll reveal it later. But longtime fans of me that sounded weird. Uh, we'll probably <laughs> take a good guess of what it is, uh, but eight point five for me nice. didn't end how I thought, but I enjoyed it still. Yeah, no, that's 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 uh, that's perfectly yeah. fair. I mean, we we had to have Superman, Batman, bromancing. Of course, of course. Well, I don't know. I mean, Clark literally says like Bruce, that was so stupid. Why did you do that? Which made Which me laugh. just sounds ripped out of a romance. I know. Right? I know. It's like, <laughs> Bruce, you dumbass. Why did you do that? That was dumb. <laughs> Such good friends. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Our next book <laughs> for this uh, for this week is Robin and Batman, number one, uh, part of a three issue series uh, exploring a different origin of the uh, uh, dynamic duo. So, Josh, I'm gonna let you take that away. As soon as I finish tweeting Zadarsky. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Tweet. And it's sent. All right. Written by Jeff Lemire with interior art and a beautiful cover from Dustin Wynn and lettering from Steve Wands. This is the beginning of Dick Grayson, or rather the new one. He's on the street to take out some bad guys, and he does start to lose the fight a couple times. And hold on, guys, because this was like nearly a 50-page book. Uh, Batman shows up and scolds him for not listening to him when he said abort the mission. Batman pulls him off of active duty. Dick has to go to school and he hates it. Alfred agrees with Bruce and even builds on it and says maybe in a few years. And that, that he'll be able to go back out and be Robin again after Batman benched him. And... 
he even goes so far as to say that he burned his costume. Though he wasn't named at this time. He kind of looked a little like... Uh, uh, I mean, it's weird, but I think he kind of looked a little like, almost like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, the outfit that he had on. No, he, you he know, definitely he had, did, especially yeah. with the mask. <laughs> yeah. Like long, um, laundry day TMNT. There you go, man. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, of course, going with the opposite of what he thinks Bruce would want, he's going to go with bright red and yellow instead of the dark colors that he knows Bruce would suggest. Batman is going after the rest of the gang that Dick was fighting earlier because he found out that there was more to the story. And maybe he's a bit wrapped up because he doesn't... Maybe he's a bit wrapped up because he doesn't realize that Dick is following him in his brand new costume. That would be a Robin costume that's pretty close to the one we're familiar with, with the exception of the green underwear. So Batman sees the same guys as he saw the previous night. Tim, or Tim, Jiminy Christmas, <laughs> Dick is down there, but Croc comes up from behind and wants to know where he got that costume. And he's he's pretty angry about it. He wants to know where he got that costume. He starts throwing him around. Of course, uh, Batman swoops in to save him and abandons the mission because he's got two broken ribs and Dick is causing problems. Back at the Batcave, Dick's... A, Dick asserts that he's he thought it was a test that Batman was trying to see whether or not uh, Dick was good enough and then Batman goes after his costume of choice and calls it ridiculous and if emotionally Dick replies that it's not ridiculous it's my family's and Bruce says I know and I was like wow I can't <laughs> believe I mean Batman's a dick man but that was huge until we flip the page and then we see a way wicked cool Robin suit and he knows it's Robin but Bruce picked that name out only because he read Dick's diary and found out that Robin is what his mom used to call him insisting that it was because they should have no secrets he had good intentions for Batman trying to give Dick what he wanted, but he is definitely not the most personable guy. Dick doesn't take very well to Batman having gone through his journal. But meanwhile, we see Croc walking up to the old Haley Circus, and we find out that Croc was there in the circus as well. And that means that he knows who Robin is. Going through and reading this thing... It felt nowhere near fifty pages long. Yeah, that was that was my yeah. first point where I was just like, "Was this fifty pages, really?" Let me go back and count. No, seriously, did they fuck the numbering yeah, up? Was like, <laughs> it went by so fast. I, you know, I like I because I, I remember getting to that scene with um, Bruce and Dick, and Dick is like, "That was the one secret I had," and then shortly after the book ends, I was like, "Wait a minute." Wasn't it supposed to be like fifty pages? What are you talking about? It, it was it was bizarre, but I, I again that's that's a sign of quality where you just you're really oh yeah it, it is mm-hmm. yeah if you can read something that's twice the size of a normal comic book and think it might be a yeah, couple pages yeah. shorter than a normal comic book, you did your damn job. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it it didn't feel like it at all until I had to summarize it. 
but yeah, dude, I was just, I was completely engrossed. Story is so good. Wynn's art is freaking phenomenal, especially with Lemire's writing. I know. I was like, and I don't know how many times I've probably mentioned it at this point, but um, like, just they were just such a killer team on Descender and seeing them do this. And Mm. it's like, yeah, it's another Batman book. Yeah, it's another origin, but like, I don't know. Some things you kind of just have to take or you're just like, all right, fuck it. If, it, if, if the Descender team want to do a Batman story, why not? I'm, you know, I'm not going to complain. Let them do it. You know what? There's one. There should be one golden rule in comics, and that is never tell Lemire no. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I, um, I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree with that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jeff Lemire. I'm literally sitting across from my, my, the, the big used copy I got of the, um, the I guess he did like he worked with I'd never heard of this guy before but some Canadian artist named Gord Downey to do like an adaptation of an album called Secret Path and it's like some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen but I, it, what's that? Uh, oh, nothing my just inner Canadian is screaming at you oh cause oh, oh hey hey give me a break just, okay just, no but you just like some Canadian artist never heard Gord Downey <laughs> oh shit I'm about to get flamed so hard by it's anyone the lead who singer of the tragically hip man. Uh, I don't know. I'm not from Canada. I'm sorry. Oh, have, have you never heard of the tragically hip? I have not. Holy Jesus, shit, man! The well, see, Rob, I'm surprised. So I guess flamed. In in Canada, <laughs> I mean, I guess you would probably know better, even though you're so much younger. But the tra- tragically hip is. They've been around a long ass time, man. Yeah, when we were talking about greatest Canadian exports, Rush was very, very, like Rush was number one. Tragic Lips a close second. Really? Poutines, poutines are two, and then Tragic Lips. Now now I'm scared. I'm scared. (laughs) Tell Kirk not to listen to this episode because I know I'm going to get so much shit for that. Um, (laughs) Uh, Kirk hates DC. He won't check it out. Yeah, I know. Uh, I the the last thing I have to say other than my score is I just want to mention again how fucking cool that Robin suit is. Yeah, it's yeah. Cool. And, and apparently it's so dope. It's better than any of them that I have ever seen. I, mean, I I definitely still have like a soft spot for the classic pixie boots costume, and I, I don't know why. I, I just think it's so crazy. Either. But um, yeah, no, it is <laughs> it is a, it is a wicked cool suit design. And apparently next issue, according to like some teaser art i saw from dustin they're supposed to be like meeting the teen titans too or dick is i can't wait for that so um, oh that'll be sweet yeah. dude so uh, regardless man this issue earns an easy nine out of ten yeah ditto they got a nine out of ten for me i, I can't wait for the next one and i don't, I don't know if this series is like bi-monthly or monthly or whatever the schedule they're doing but yeah, I'm, I'm Fuck, I wish it was weekly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be a bitch yeah. to draw, but I, I love it. So. Uh, do, see, do it all ahead of time and then release it weekly. Yeah, but yeah, no. I'm just, I'm sorry, I've been watching Netflix too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a, oh, a 9 out of 10 for me as well. I think it's a story that's just worth it. it. It's worth a read, it's worth a look. The art is beautiful, the designs are fantastic, the story is very interesting, and it's aside of the origins of the dynamic duo that you don't see very often and i love seeing new sides of things we already love and seeing 
having Dick as a as a grown up for so long, it's refreshing to have him as a child once in a while. Yeah. And it's, it's I it very much is a Robin book, but I appreciate the end Batman because as much as this is a turning point in Dick's life and a growing point for him, it's also uh, obviously a growing point for Bruce where he's learning to become a father. Yeah, because he's very much taking some lessons from Alfred. Telling yeah, him, yeah. Dude, don't treat him like a soldier. Exactly. <laughs> Although it did remind me of like... Um, all for some reason, all well, actually not not really for some reason. It's kind of obvious, but um, All Star Batman and Robin, where he's he's literally treating him like a soldier. He's just like you need to fucking train and you're gonna eat the rats <laughs> like I Batman. did, and yeah, it's like ridiculous. Yeah. Little yes, over the that, top there, that Bruce. Book yeah. Was ridiculous. But I I, I gave I gave that to a friend. Sure. I don't want to go into another tangent, but I, I just want to say I gave that book to a friend two years ago, and I I basically said it like this i was just like okay this book is terrible right you just want to go in knowing that however if you have that understanding before you read it it will be one of the most entertaining things you will read if you know that it is just terrible and ridiculously over the top and just insane it it is one of the funniest reads you will ever have yeah you know it's over the besides paybacks when Batman and Black Canary having sex on the rooftop is not the most outrageous oh, thing in the entire series. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, wait, say, say that one more time. I said you you know the book is over the top when Black Canary and Batman having sex on the rooftop is not the most outrageous oh, thing in the series. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That, yeah that's yeah. that's really one of the things you just gotta like you steer into the skid. You're just like this book is ridiculous, but let's yeah. just see how depraved it can get. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 definitely one way of putting yeah. it. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now back to our program. All right, and we're back. Hope that wasn't too horrible. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, speaking of craziness and depravity that we mentioned in our last review, uh, it's a perfect way to segue into our next book for this week, and that is The Joker, number nine. Uh, which uh, Rob will give us our main story and Josh will give us our backup story featuring punchlines. So take it away, guys. All right, this one is from writer James Tiny IV with art by Stefano Raffaele, colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr. and letters from Tom Napolitano and a beautiful cover from Guillaume March and Eric Prianto. Oh, yes. Really cool. Well, Vengeance and Jim Gordon arrive at Majorca to find the Joker... I think it's Majorca, Majorca, Majorca. Is it Majorca? Maybe it might be Majorca. Uh, I don't know. That's I'm how they say it, in like Harry Potter or something. Majorca. We'll go with Majorca. They arrive <laughs> at Majorca to yeah. find the Joker, and on the way, Gordon tells Vengeance all the stories he has about the Joker terrorizing his life and his family, and this fuels her hate more. The pair arrive at a large house full of dead bodies, and as they make their way through, they find the Joker and a Dr. Friedrich Baum, a member of the network. Vengeance instantly charges at Joker, but Dr. Baum speaks a few code words, which knocks Vengeance out cold. After an introduction between the trio, Dr. Baum leads Gordon to his lab, where we find he is part of a ring that grows human bodies, using DNA from various villains to fake their death and escape prison, as long as they can pay. 
Someone has paid him to test it on the Joker, but every attempt has proved unsuccessful, yet they're all still alive. And this is not the Joker's idea. He has nothing to do with this. Before Gordon can find out who in the right mind would want experiments done on the Joker like this, there's a loud crash in the house, and it seems vengeance has awoken. As the door to the lab breaks down, Dr. Bomb goes to greet her, but takes a knife to the neck instead, as instead of vengeance, it's actually the Samson sister looking for revenge on the network for letting her Uncle Billy die. After oh, finishing Dr. Bomb off, with a few quick stabs to the everywhere, her relative buddy <laughs> drugs Joker and takes him away, and she then sends a knife into Gordon, who then passes out. He is woken by vengeance, demanding to know where Joker was taken, and he mumbles out their destination as she storms off. Gordon grabs his phone and calls Barbara to get help, but she cuts him off with news of her own. It seems the Talon that attacked her and the Batgirls was actually James Jr. Well, not really. Because he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. A well, reanimated version. Yeah. You know. And I'm going to say that. network clone. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, at the end of that, Jim has passed out once again. He's a goddamn cop. Goddamn good cop. I guess so. <laughs> He's a goddamn good cop. Yeah. <laughs> I need to throw that in somewhere. But yeah, this I, I was exci- it's an exciting chapter again. It, it's been a bit of a lull uh, moving the story along, but I think this this was very exciting. We got some big info. We got some action. We got some some potential deaths. And I thought James was a twist. James Jr. I thought was a big twist I didn't see coming. <laughs> and I really hope Gordon isn't dead, which I think is possible, because this isn't the Jim Gordon book. It's the Joker book. If yeah. Brian K. Vaughn has taught us anything, it's that no one is safe. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You could say that again. Yeah. yeah. If Injustice has taught you anything, it's oh, that yeah. no Tom one is Taylor. safe. My God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah I will, I will go to the grave talking about that bullshit return of tim drake only to literally kill him in that same issue <laughs> I, <laughs> you you will never hear from me talking shit about any of that any any of the three runs for that yeah. i thought it was all amazing i was i was so mad i was like they've, literally, <laughs> they've been sitting on this team titans mystery for like it was like two three years and then they just bring him back and kill him i'm I'm going to contain myself before I do something stupid. <laughs> hey, let me let me ask you guys this: um, Is this new info that Venom was based off the Miracle Formula? Right. Yeah, I was going through it a second time when I missed that. Yes, mm-hmm. that that that's. I think that's new for, new info. It's new to me anyway. Yeah. I'd right, for those those listeners that. out there that don't know, Miracle is the thing that's responsible for Deathstroke. And Our Man. Oh, yeah. Well, and Our Man, but nobody thinks about Our, our Man. <laughs> oh, they should. They should. So, man, there there were so many stories that were in, intertwined with this one. Yeah. Cataclysm, Killing Joke, Death in the Family. I mean, that was crazy. But here, here's my question. I wanted, I, I loved this issue, this, this part of the issue. It was really good but do do you two think that this could possibly be the end of jim gordon i hope not 
I really, well, I really hope not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't think so. I think that Jim Gordon dying overseas would be a, 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 it would be a helpful motivator to get Batman to go overseas, and I, f- I feel like it would do a lot to progress the story. It would there be a lot of there'd be a lot of different ways to go. It would affect the whole Bat family in a way that uh, in a way that. Um, that that Alfred's death did, but it would it would I think hit everybody harder because he was close to the entire Bat family rather than just Batman. I think I think it, that Jim Gordon dying could be a an excellent jumping off point for a whole lot more stories. And that's I just, I one hundred percent agree with you, but I also just had a a, a thought. Because while you were saying all that, and while I was definitely agreeing with you, I was thinking, it stands to reason, it makes sense, there's nobody left on that island, as far as we know, there's nobody else in that mansion, everybody's left him for dead, and he's alone, and there's no way anybody can get from Gotham or anywhere else to that island in time to save him, it just doesn't make sense. So there's literally nobody left alive on that island, wait, there are people alive, Joker clones. And this book is the Joker book. And if the Joker oh. wants Jim Gordon alive, he's going to get Jim Gordon alive. Those those Joker clones were very much alive. They were disfigured, disformed, and disgusting, but they were very much alive. Hmm. That that presents an interesting idea, man. Mm-hmm. Bra- Brandon, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's uh, it's definitely a possibility. Um... I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really have any theories. I was just like, I guess we'll just have to see. But you know, it's 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 a pretty obvious like faint. Like obviously, he's probably not gonna die. Uh, that would that would certainly be an interesting way to start the next issue with just Jim is dead. Um, but and I, then I it finally becomes a Joker book yeah. instead of a Jim Gordon book. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they will do that. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I I really didn't have any theories as to as to how he's going to um, get fixed up. I guess we'll just kind of have to see. The only other thing that I can think of, because Vengeance isn't coming back, is if Joker somehow ditched his captors and hid out for a minute until Vengeance left, and then he himself comes back and saves Gordon. But that seems quite the stretch. Yeah. Anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave this one an 8.75, this part of the book. That was the exact same for me, 8.75. Uh, this one got an 8 for me. All right. We're going to head over to the backup now, if you guys are cool with that. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right, Punchline was written by Sam Sam Johns and James Tynan IV, with art from Rosie Campe, I think that's how you say her name, and Marisa Louise with lettering from Ariana Mar. This is a pretty quick one. Harper Rowe is at Leslie Tompkins' house with Kelly, and they're trying to figure out what to do next. There's high school backstory about all the kids that she didn't like being circled in the yearbook that they had, and then later those people were killed. Everyone that was circled, except for Kelly, that is. She's the only one left. Meanwhile, Punchline has Orca strapped to a table and is drugging her and talking a whole lot of shit. That's it. 
it gave us everything that we needed in the story, the backstory that punchline of you know of why punchline wants to kill Kelly and the current state of Orca. I <clears throat> I find it odd that so few inmates escaped. This was good, but not overly great and other than spilling info, it didn't really do a whole lot. I liked it. I did. It was good. It was integral integral to the story. But I also feel like it was lacking something. I'm just not sure what it was. Uh, I'm not sure if any of you guys could figure it out for me, but this the backup ended up with a 7.5. And I gave the whole issue, I rounded it up to an 8.5 because I felt Punchline fell a little flat. But the Joker has me super curious. And uh, can't wait to see where it keeps going, man. Yeah, my notes on this are very similar to what you, you've said. Uh, just a little difference in structure. That <laughs> I feel the story it definitely seems like it's getting somewhere again. But it feels like there's so much story left to go through with the narrative they're setting and all the hints they're dropping that there's it feels like we're halfway through but we've come so far already and it, it's i don't want to say it's dragging it's but when you said it feels like this one feels like it was missing something like, yeah that's that's kind of along the same lines of what i'm feeling maybe just there's substance missing i gave it an eight out of ten i'm still enjoying it i'm still curious to see where it's going uh, which brings me overall to an 8.5 for the whole book. I rounded that up as well because, like Josh, I, I love the Joker main so much. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I, I gave the, the backup a 7.5. It was just, you know, it was just kind of there for me. I didn't really have a, a lot of thoughts on it. Um, um, so the whole story for me, it was just, uh, I think, yeah, around, around an 8, around a 7.5. It was... Um, yeah, just, just, I don't know, just kind of all right for me. Not, not, uh, didn't, didn't really blow me away. Hello? All right. Oh. I think. Did we lose Josh? I think Josh is gone. Oh. Who's doing Robin's? Oh, he's back. Who, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who? He wasn't frozen. Who is doing Robins? <laughs> I I like totally forgot to ask about that. Um, I imagine Josh. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we lost you. I I hadn't seen you leave. Yeah. And we thought like you froze. Oh nope. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I've got a five year old that really wants to be a co host. Oh man. Um yeah, I didn't... are we still talking about Joker? No, I think we were I think we were done. I don't know. But yeah, no, because yeah. I, I didn't even get to read Robin's. I didn't, I didn't even see it was out. Oh no. Oh, yeah. Well, uh oh. Wait. Josh, were you doing Robin's? Who was doing Robin's? Brandon. Oh, oh shit. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um well before we move on to that one, uh, let me just add one more thing. Since I asked you guys if you thought Jim Gordon might die this one. Mm -hmm. Can I say that I would be much less invested in Jim Gordon dying than I was at Alfred? Al Alfred dying induced a lot of rage. Uh -huh. Yeah. That, and that's it. <laughs> um, 
Well, let's see. Brandon, are you in a place? Oh, you didn't. You didn't even pick up Robin's. Yeah, did I, you? I didn't even see it was was out. All right. Well, let's see if I can manage to uh, run through this fairly quickly. It was written by Tim Seeley with art from Ravas and Friardo Jr. And I don't know the letter right off the top of my head. But um, give me just a second here. We're going to pull this up. I promise we will knock this out for y'all. All right. So Robbins. All right. <laughs> issue two of six. The issue starts out with the other Robin um, sitting up on this perch. Um she just had uh, Delcane killed when they were coming in. And the Robins are all together. They're confronting Bruce and saying they've got time to investigate and punish the this insult to the Robin mantle. Batman is not happy about it. Um, he won't let them do shit. Won't let Tim get into the Bat computer because his network has been breached and he does not know how badly of course you know damn well that the robins aren't going to listen that's kind of all of their thing batman asks why were they all together in the first place but he zooms out of there before he gets an answer uh they come up against a uh they come up against all of their original foes that they had during what they call what is referred to as their gauntlets, basically Batman's trials. And then we get a bunch of glimpses of, of that. Uh, Batman's notes on Dick, Batman's notes on Jason, his notes on Spoiler, Tim Drake, and Damien. Spoiler's the only one that did not pass his gauntlet. And then after the Robins beat the hell out of all those people that they fought during their Batman gauntlets, which are really, really ridiculous characters. Um, we see a little bit of a deal where we see at the very end of Damien's, um, access unlocked C gauntlet zero, but we don't actually get to see that where we did get to see the files on all of the other Robins. Uh, it ends with, uh, these, uh, I can't remember what the hell their name is, but they're really ridiculous. Uh, giggles and guffaw. That's what their name is. And they are Joker addicts. And somehow when Red Hood walks in to confront them, they both turn into him in some kind of a, a digital form. Uh, and the next issue is called The Punchline, which I feel is also very original in the uh, current Batman runs. Um, guys, I think this story is much better than I originally thought it was going to be when it was in the Rod and Robin, Round Robin tournament. Though there were a few others I really think I would have liked to see more. This story is pretty cool i'm not sold on the on the original robin though there has to be some kind of weird thing going on here the weird robin chick seems to have access to the bat computer though and they go through the histories of all the robins that one file we don't see of course that's baited as mystery i don't know man i'm 
I'm conflicted as hell. Well, I, I love the colors. I was not a fan of the art in quite a few places, mostly relating to the faces of our Robins. I Again, I was very glad to see that fake Robin, Fobbin. I'm going to call that character Fobbin. I'm very <laughs> glad to see Fobbin doesn't look like the Robin King anymore because yuck. I really enjoy the idea but I'm off put at the same time I'm I'm going to continue to give it the benefit of the doubt but I hope this does not get seriously stupid because I see a lot of potential for that here mm-hmm. uh, Robin's number 2 is only able to get a 7 out of 10 for me what did you guys think? Well, Brandon, uh, yeah, I'm sure I, you uh, have quite I, the I did, opinion. I did not get a chance to yeah. read this one, so I don't really have any thoughts. Yeah. I, I will be very curious to hear your thoughts when, when you do get a chance to take a look at it. I, I thought it was a very fun look into the history of all these characters. I'll we're give you that. We've all, we've all grown up with and loved, and some we've hated, but then loved again when he came back to life. <laughs> Which one am I talking about? That's uh, the one that I did not vote to kill, but my brother did. Oh. <laughs> uh, I when I finished it, I was I was thinking. Remember when we all hated the idea that this book won the round robin? And yeah, I haven't yeah. forgotten it. I'm so pissed yeah. off I didn't get my Beetle book. Yeah, I'm pissed off I didn't get my Kyle Rayner book. Uh, agreed. Brandon anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah some other book i'm sure but yeah that it was a stacked tournament to begin with let's face it there were so many good ideas in that tournament and and one book had to win no matter which one won uh somebody was going to be annoyed and yeah. of all the books to win you had to pick the bad book but yeah yeah naturally um at the end of the day i'm enjoying it i i think it's fun i love robin as an idea as a concept especially when there's more than one in a room and to have all the robins to ever exist in main continuity all together in one book just being robins i think is is a blast working together and not hating each other exactly we're looking at you jason and And Damien. <laughs> I mean, Damien still hates Tim as a rivalry, but that's that's just brotherly love. Josh? What's up? Oh. He's gone. And he's gone. I it just he disappeared off his screen. Yeah. Like suddenly, and that freaked me the fuck that's out. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, he's back. You're back? I'm back. Okay. All right. As you, you, your corner gas screen was there, but you just disappeared in a flash, and that was really creepy. I have some weird thing going on with my damn webcam, and when it does glitch out for some reason, it kills my headphones, so I have to leave and come back. I don't get it. I'm going to have to rehook up everything. But anyway, sorry about that, guys. No worries. Uh, are we okay to continue, though? I do believe so. Okay. Unless, unless Brandon has anything to add. No, I, like I, said, I I didn't read it, so I I have, I have nothing to add. But uh, we can we can move on to our final issue for this week and uh, and uh, hopefully put this this long episode to an end because I'm starting to get hungry. Um, Titans United number three, uh, Rob, tell us all about it. 
All right, so this was from writer Kevin Scott with pencils by Jose Luis, inks by Jonas Trinidade, and colors from Lex, Rex Locus with letters by Carlos M. Mangual. Up in space, Blackfire has Superboy strapped to a table. She's testing his abilities and finds he's not as strong as he's supposed to be, or that she thinks he is. Basically, she's putting him through torture. On Earth, Raven, Red Hood, and Don Troy are tracking Lady Vic to a private airfield, and after confirming her appearance, they go in to take her down, but she was prepared. Her two guards her two guards get turned into green wolves, very similar to Beast Boy or Changeling now. He changes names more often than Tim Drake. I know. They attack, but Raven holds them back with her magic, and Red Hood goes straight for Lady Vic, but she gets onto her plane before he can get close enough. I don't know what you're talking about. Tim Drake's never changed his name. (laughs) (laughs) No, just Robin and Red Robin. That was it. It's just Robin. Just Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As it's taking off, Jason decides she's not getting away that easily and grapples the tail of the plane in true jason todd fashion doing the craziest bat fuck crazy thing impossible dumb uh, and he gets taken off with it because that's what planes do at titan's tower <laughs> nightwing is running comms with gar when raven gets the go-ahead to show the two just what they are dealing with and she teleports the wolves to the tower so gar and dick can deal with them as she and donna go after jason they by the way the not cool dude i mean she doesn't give him. <laughs> Any no kind warning. of an upswing. <laughs> I mean, if I was Dick, I would have been sitting there going, okay, cool. She's going to like open up this little portal window so we can see. And nope, she's like, here, take half the bad guys. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Gar's milkshake, man. He was looking forward to that all day. Poor milkshake. Um, so they catch up the plane and slow it down just enough to get inside. Lady Vic is attacking Red Hood while Raven stops the pilots from shooting them. Jason gets the upper hand on Lady Vic, but she's a ninja, so she disappears in a puff of smoke. Nightwing figured something out about the people using Titan's powers, and just before the guards changed, he heard a sound over the comm system. He used that same frequency, and it turned the guards back to normal. And after analyzing the sound he heard, he found out it was not coming from Earth, but rather someone familiar up in space and this mm. book okay I'm, I'm gonna flip my notes for a second it's enjoyable but it's getting a little ridiculous <laughs> at times yeah i don't know i'm, I'm kind of losing my interest in it too yeah it's it's just crazy like, i think it's i think it's interesting yeah. it's still not paralleling the titans show but you can tell that there's still that 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 heavy influence blackfire showed up but there yeah. is weird bad guys red hood is a good guy and connor is being tortured yeah. rather than being a puppy in love and where was starfire the entire issue not around yeah maybe yeah. maybe yeah. he's not being tortured maybe he's being prepped for dissection i i, I really don't know <laughs> I hope we'll be finding out next issue the art, the pencils, inks, colors. They really knock it out of the park for me. I gave it an eight point or an eight out of ten because I did enjoy the issue. It has me a little worried though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. gave it a seven. It was just kind of like I don't know, much like Joker, it was kind of just there for me. I was like, all right, cool. Like the first two were kind of fun, but now I'm 
I don't know that I care as much. <laughs> Fair enough. I gave it a 7.5 because as as fun as it is, especially with Jason's antics, I it, the craziness is too much. You have sure she's a ninja and yeah, she's going to use a smoke bomb to get away, but for fuck's sake, she's on a plane. Just go to the back cabin. She's in there. <laughs> Donna's outside. She would have seen Vic flying out. No, she's in the fucking oh. plane still. Oh, she, uh, Lady Vic can teleport. That's that's it. Says that in the issue that she teleported away. She, oh, actually, oh, for fuck's sake! Because if yeah. it's a puff of smoke, I thought. Oh, for oh, okay. <laughs> seven point like, seven ooh, five out of ten. Magic. <laughs> All I, right. I agree, I, it's up a quarter now because. I cannot read a word, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, she's hiding with the pilots, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> That's all oh, I could think man. about when I finish, when I close, when I close the book. I was like, she's there still. Just look. Yeah. yeah I yeah, had to go yeah. back and read Robbins again because I was a little confused about what had happened there. But hey, we'll get into that later. Yeah. All right, I guess that's it for the books, guys, huh? Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to our top three books for this week, and then eventually our biggest stinker, and we'll close out for the night because uh, it has been two hours, uh, and uh, I'm sure we're all we're all feeling it at this point. But uh, yeah, let's get into our top three books for this week and a standout moment if you have one. Um, I do. Josh, do you want to get us started? Number three, two, and one were all pretty easy for me. Action Comics, it scored the same as another one, but this book is significant. The other, not really anything but fun. So number three went to Action Comics. Number two went to Joker. I am really enjoying the Joker Joker story, and the idea of Jim Gordon dying has me very intrigued. And I think it's not a secret. My number one book goes to Robin and Batman, because to sum it up as briefly as I can, this shit's awesome. My my favorite moment was way harder than it should have been, though. There weren't exactly a huge amount of standout panels. But I've got it down to two that I was favoring. Robin seeing his new costume. That was cool. And Jim Gordon lying on the floor. <laughs> I, I really feel like it could do wonders for Batman Universe having him die. Um, aside from you know, killing Alfred. But I think that this would rock the Bat family hard and set up some really good stories. So uh, seeing Jim Gordon bleeding to death on that floor all alone was actually my favorite moment. (laughs) Got a little dark there, but hey. Yeah. Rob, you want to go next? Sure thing. And I'm actually going to do my name in reverse order. So number one is I think no surprises action comics just fantastic book and I, I started with that because that might be the most obvious number two the Robin and Batman it's just such a charming book beautiful art and number three I'm actually going to give it to Wonder Woman when I was going through the list I think that this was actually for me really enjoyable at least compared to the opening story arc we got and I think hopefully it's going to go in a much better direction and my best moments from last ride is just Hal coming back to full power because that was just such a, a telling moment for his character and probably the most badass part of the entire issue. 
And I know, I, I think, Brandon, you mentioned had the oddity of him just killing Darkseid, but it's, it, I think it also just kind of fits his character in mm. in a desperate play. For years, he was being taken over by Darkseid, and now he gets his power back, and all he wants is revenge. And that's, and I thought that was just fantastic for the character. Oh, maybe it's the last ride of Darkseid. We'll find out. Maybe. I, I, yeah, I, I tweeted maybe. at him. We'll find As out. They say Darkseid we'll, we'll is see, I guess. the last ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Brandon? What'd you have? Uh, my top three for this week, I had actually a different one that we didn't mention in um, in, in the show. Uh, number three, I had Urban Legends, Batman Urban Legends. Um, uh, number nine, which I thought was just like a really kind of cool issue. Um, and then at number two, Action Comics 1036. Just absolutely amazing stuff. And at number one, Robin and Batman, number one. Just blew me away. Lemire and... and uh, Dustin just absolutely kill it. Um, but my favorite moment has to be the double page spread in action comics of Superman and the Authority just like making their way towards the Coliseum and just breaking shit. It was just so cool and like just felt so fitting for where the story's going next. Yeah, I I'll give you that, and I kind of assumed that somebody was gonna pick that, so that's why I went to some minimal things here. But yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, that's the good stuff. Yeah, let's uh, let's get into the other side of the other side of it. Uh, some of the bad, more smelly kind of stuff with the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Uh, Josh, start us off. What was your biggest thinker this week? Uh, honestly, it was Robins, and <sighs> that's a little sad because it's a book about the Robins. But we've got Fobbin in there. There's nothing that really makes sense about that. Completely doesn't make any sense to me. And like I said, the colors I thought were, I thought the colors were amazing. I really did. The colors were outstanding, but the faces and every single time you see a face, it's just bad, man. They, the, the, the rest of the comic is drawn like a comic book and their faces appear very shocked anime person. And I, I, not a fan of that whatsoever. Um, not, 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 piled on top of a com- what what I feel like is almost a completely different style. Um, but so, yeah, uh, Robbins is definitely on my stink list this week. How about you, Rob? Uh, I was just checking out your idea about the faces. Because my biggest <laughs> nitpick was uh, Dick's hair just being super long. Yeah, I that, that was that. another I, thing. I lo- no, I love it when Dick has long hair. It's I don't cool, mind it it's... either, but it's like down past his shoulders, and it's again, it's drawn very almost uh, anime like, like a, I, I, a picture I, I of know. vampires' hair. In I anime. love it. There was yeah. the the episode of Teen Titans where that's um, exactly what I was thinking of. Every yeah, time I where saw it where they the go hair. to the future, and yeah, Dick has the Nightwing costume and has that long hair, mm-hmm. and I thought that would awesome when i saw it at first yeah and i, I still kind of love it um uh, I, don't, I don't know i don't know if I, I love mullet wing where he kind of had like the mullet in the 90s and the ponytail uh, yeah, that's no, bad that's real bad I, I, don't, I don't mind the long hair i kind of love it when he looks a little shaggy uh, no but that's the thing he doesn't look shaggy he looks like a spokesman for l'oreal shampoo or some shit <laughs> i'm waiting for him to do one of those hair whips thing i wouldn't mind that <laughs> 
Uh, right, so my biggest stinker uh, this week is Black Manta. It's just, you, you heard me. It was, it, I screamed. I don't do that often. I'm usually a very quiet person, but this one <laughs> made me think so much, I cracked. So that's that's on my stink list this week. I really hope it picks up because I'm really looking forward to an Aquaman event. Yeah, and now I hear you there, man. Black Manta was funky as hell. But the reason why that didn't make my stink list is because I expected so much more out of a Robbins book. A Black Manta book, you know it's going to either be decent or it's going to be bad. You don't expect it to be really good. A Robbins book should be really good, and it seriously let me down. Yeah, yeah, no, my biggest thinker was uh, was also Black Manta, so I, I pretty much just echo everything that Rob said. It just, it was bizarre and strange, and the art was weird at points, and like I said, I like Valentino Landro. I think he's a, a great artist sometimes, but uh, this, this is just not the right setting for him. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And before we head on out of here, let's hit that dump list real quick. I have a quick discussion about that. Black Manta is getting weird, but it's still connected. Should we wait till the next issue before we decide to say no? I think we can read the issue before we record next time, and this can be a more logistic question. But um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. when we read the issue beforehand, we will be able to then determine whether or not we want to drop the series. So once four comes around, you know, we'll all kind of read it, and we'll be like, okay, are we talking about this, or are we just like not even going to mention it? Because again, I mean, yes, it's building towards an Aquaman event, but... Is it, is it better to just wait for the event and then cover it, or do we have to sit here and you know read something we don't care about just so we can find out about what's coming? Yeah, better, you, you've got a damn good point there, yeah, man. Be- better for us to just read what's coming when it comes so we don't right. have to you know suffer through something we don't like. All right, so all of us are going to bullshit Tuesday afternoon. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I got two more things on the dump list. One is one that Brandon actually chose for his favorites. Uh, I guess I know where you're at on Urban Legends. I haven't had a chance to read this week's issue yet, so I don't know if we've got more actual tie-ins or not. I know that it's labeled Fear State, but I'm curious, should like that one stay on the dump basis. list? Yeah, I think that's that's the best way to do it. Because mm-hmm. there's some that are good and some that are just, you know, totally throwaway. Yeah. So we can kind of decide. All right. And then last but not least, and I know I'm the one that pushed for this, but Titans United is just a fun book, but that's all it is. Regardless of how much fun it is, I am nominating it for a place on the dump, dump list. DC lied when they said that they would not, or excuse me, DC lied when they said they would cut down on the number of titles that was being released, but we know that that is certainly not the case, and we do have to have room in our show for the books that fucking matter. And right now, Titans United does not, at least not to me. I'll still keep reading it, but it is far from an important book. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. guys think? I can agree with that. I can definitely agree with that. All right, Titans United. I want to flush it again. You got flushed. I think that's it. All right. Well, uh, with that out of the way, um, that's our show, everybody. Uh, we'll be here talking comics next week, and we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. But with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot like us. 
Obviously, yeah. we made yeah. loads of mistakes this one. <laughs> Have fun, guys. All right. Just stop it.